Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Habit of Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast coming to you live, streaming live from inside of my house. <laughs> uh, house, that seems like a strong word for an ant farm, but that's where I live, buddy. This is where I dwell. This is my dwelling, my abode. Uh, I'm in a castle in Brooklyn. That's where I dwell, although I'm not in Brooklyn, although I am a number one, cream of the crop, top of the heap, a number one. Uh, isn't that it's up to me, right? New York, New York, or it's up to you, New York, New York. I guess I'm not New York, New York. I just said I don't live in Brooklyn. Uh, I live in Utica. That's where I live. I live right there in your Utica, dangling in the back of your throat, baby. I'm right there in your goddamn Utica waiting for whoever your partner's cock is to bang into me and dislodge me. So I slide down your throat into your gullet and your stomach eventually. And then acid will consume me and make me turn into bones in your stomach. Do you want me as just bones? You want my bones in your stomach? Is that what you want? Is that what you've been thinking to yourselves? You're like, oh, fuck, I can't wait to get Schmitty's bones into my stomach. Uh, I call myself by my own nickname because that's weird. How weird is that? I had a friend this morning, just uh, just this morning, this Friday morning. Yes, it's fucking Friday. Yes, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, uh, does anybody ever call you Schmitty? And that will show you just how recent this person became my friend. <laughs> how recently this person became in, into my orbit and into my friendship. And I was like, yes, everybody calls me Schmitty. Uh, save for ladies, almost always to a, to a lady, to an ovary, call me Michael. Um, which is fine, and that, and then, and I'm okay with that as well. I, I've, I've, I'm done policing what people call me, except for when people call me Mikey, uh, like, I, which I will step up immediately and say, please don't. Uh, except for our friend Dave, our buddy Dave in the middle of the country just wrote one of those on my Facebook page, and he wrote, I was with Pat Francis, and he wrote Mikey and Patty, so I just wrote Davey. Uh, but what I wanted to write was, come on, man, you know me, you know there's no Mikey in this photo. There's a, there might be a Patty. It might be a Patty O'Toole. Hey, a Patty O'Toole. But there wasn't. It was a Pat Francis Dodson, a PFD, a Batman PFD slamming up a door. Did you hear it? Uh, see, that's what happens when you live in an ant farm. If that was my house, well, I'll tell you what. If I was broadcasting from my house and you heard a door slam like that, then then call the police immediately because that means I'm under attack. That means some uh, some person has burst into my apartment ready to kill me. Some some uh, white supremacist, some undocumented, whatnot, some other boogeyman created by the international media uh, is coming in to, to, to throttle me and do me damage. 
and, and hurt me live on air. And we don't want that, do we? Then I'm Howard Beale. Then I'm just getting blasted out and laid out right the fuck out there on the goddamn floor by some terrorists from the, uh, I forget what they're called, but please watch Network. By the way, spoiler alert for Network. <laughs> that was bad. I probably should have thought about that before I opened my mouth. But that movie came out in like fucking 1976. So step the fuck off, Gigantor, uh, which is from a movie that came out in 1991. <laughs> wild, wild west, motherfuckers. All right. Uh, just motherfucker, not even S. I think he's just wild, wild west, motherfucker. Uh, hi. Deep cover. Uh, so here's the thing, folks. Do I sound different on a Friday? Do I sound different on a Friday afternoon? Do I bring you a different kind of show? Uh, I don't know. And I, I bring you this, and, and it's it's ty- it's tiring to do this. And I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. And I don't want to take up too much airtime doing it. But I apologize to you. This is a late show. In fact, it's even later than I thought it would be. Because I, I you know, I, I headed a live Facebook video yesterday telling people, hey, dudes, uh, this there you'll have a new show for you Friday morning, early or late Thursday night, early Friday morning. And then uh, I, I, you know, I haven't been, uh, I guess, taking care of myself is a strong way to put it. I haven't been sleeping. I'm sleeping in bursts. You know what I mean? Like two hours here and four hours there. And uh, and it's not, it's that's my choice. It's not like I couldn't, if I laid down, I could sleep for eight hours. I've just been staying up and, and doing things and then doing this and, do, go, and sleeping on the couch for two hours and then going all do this. And also driving. That's the thing is my driving schedule. Uh... I've fallen into a comfortable driving schedule, and by comfortable, I mean incredibly uncomfortable because I'm driving people now instead of doing a lot of Uber stuff. I mean, I still do some Uber stuff, but then I help. I'm doing my own thing, kind of a side thing where I'm driving people around, and uh, and it's great, except a lot of these people need to leave at 6.30 in the morning. So then I stay up until 3.30 in the fucking morning, and then I get two hours of sleep, and then I go pick them up, and then I drive them where they're going, and then it's, you know, I'm in the traffic for three hours, and then I get home, and then I sleep for another hour and a half, two hours, then I go to the gym, then I come home, and I might sleep for an hour. Uh, it's just, it's just uh, you can't do that. You can't live like this. And so this week got away from me with that, uh, and, and then a couple of other things. And look, I should, I should do this. I'm... Right now, everything inside of me, every fiber of my being is saying, don't go into this shit because nobody fucking cares. But then at the same time, this shows about my life. So you're you're hearing about my life and this is what my life has been for the past uh, you know week or so, whatever. The the non-sleeping thing is that's, that's the non-starter. That's why this show is coming out later on the Friday than I wanted to because, again, this morning, uh, my buddy who uh, who asked me, hey, does anybody ever call you Schmitty? Uh, I drove him this morning and I had to pick him up at 6.45 a.m. and traffic was fucking death. Like, I left my house. And then there, there's, uh, I don't know if you know this, folks. My state is on fire. My state is on fire. Let me throw her in the water. Uh, it is, I mean, it's bad and it's close this time. Like there's, I can see smoke uh, kind of like it's hazy outside where I live. Okay. But I mean, I, I, you know, our friend Lily lives just under the evacuation uh, fucking line where they're they do this thing where there's like you have there's if you look at the map again, brace yourselves, folks. I hope you know your colors, because if it's red, get the fuck out. That's what the map says. If it's red, it says, you know what? That's mandatory. Get the fuck out. If it's yellow, it's be ready to get the fuck out at a moment's notice. Like if, if the wind shifts, you might be told to leave your fucking house. And that's I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's completely true. These are unpredictable uh, natural events that they, you know, I, I, when I was, I went to UFO last night, I'll talk about that in a minute, but I went to a concert last night with Pat. We went way down South to orange County. Well, on the way back up, I'm looking at the phone and I, and, and trending on Twitter is like saddle Ridge fire, which is brutal because I, I know where that is. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and it's actually kind of up near, uh, if it, if it moves a little West, it can be near Pat. So, 
So I see the Satterwich fire, and I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on here, but this is going to be brutal, man. And he's like, oh, well, hopefully it doesn't, it fucking slows down. I got to call Pilar. Um, but then I see it's in Granada Hills or whatever the fuck. It's all these other places and and, and then uh, Porter Ranch and whatever. It's, it's near our friend Lily. That's all I'll say. And uh, and if the wind shifts, like the wind, it, it shifted last night when we were driving and it said it jumped the five. And, and when it jumps the freeway, dude, that's that's when there's trouble because then it's just roaring on both sides of the freeway. Now you're fighting almost like a... Uh, a two-sided battle. I mean, it's it's just it, it, last night it was sixteen hundred acres that were unfucking contained, zero percent contained. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a fireman. I cannot imagine what it would be like to just go, you know, know that and know it's coming. Like you're like, all right, well, you know what? When it gets to be October, November, it's going to be fucked because we're going to be out there fighting fires for days, if not weeks, if not fucking months, because it's just and it's coming more and more now, man. It's just because it's hot here and it's, it's staying hotter later. A couple of years ago, it was 100 degrees in October. I mean, right now, even now, it's like I think it's like 85 outside. I wouldn't know. I've, I'm locked in. I got the windows and doors closed because of smoke and me yelling. Uh, it's more of a hazard for me on the outside, for me to the people on the outside than the smoke to me on the inside. But I, I make sure to tune it, tone it down and close it up. Um so with the fires uh, afoot, you know, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous thing here, and uh, I don't even know why the fuck I spun off into talking about this. But yeah, anyways, my state is on fires. So I'll tell you that, uh, and and I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just, I oh, so that's what I was talking about. I drove my buddy to the airport. I was talking about sleeping, so I drove my buddy to the airport this morning. I had to pick him up, but I mean, you know, I got to drive north to get him. That's the thing. So I drive to pick him up, and uh, I emerge. I, I, I take the five, and I come off the five. Uh, from the 170, and I'm like, oh, dude, because you, I can see fire on two different fucking mountainscapes. Like on the on the right hand side, to, uh, to the to the east, there's mountains that are on fire, and there's smoke everywhere. And directly in front of me, there's mountains that are completely on fire. And I, when I say directly in front of me, I'm not, not like a foot. All right, I'm just saying they're in the distance where you can see them, but it doesn't matter because with the fucking wind, that shit moves fucking quick, so it could smoke the fuck out of anybody, man. So I see that fires. So then, I, so then I'm sitting in traffic this morning with him, or not even with him, trying to get him it, it, more and more of that fucking gawker's block. You know what I mean? Where people are just, I mean, because the other day, yesterday, when Pat and I were coming home from UFO, there was a fire on the side of the road too that we saw, and uh, it's people just stop. Ooh, orange. <laughs> I mean, what are you what are you looking at? Although I, you know, a raging mountain fire is something to look at. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that you can just see it, you don't have to sit there and fucking gawk at it. It's like, hey, if anything, you should think to yourself, man, I gotta get the fuck out of here, right? There's a fucking blaze. A blaze. <laughs> Check out my blaze. Um But people just wind up staring and there's gawkers block. And then there's typical morning traffic and stuff, whatever the fuck. Yeah, so I've 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 gone ahead and uh, diverged into this thing where I'm helping people and taking them in the morning and I'm getting paid, which is nice and I like it. Uh, but again, though, uh, <laughs> there, on the days I don't drive, you know, I stay up till four in the morning, three, four in the morning, and then I got to be in the gym sometimes at ten, uh, and then sometimes I'm like I said at three, four in the morning, and then I'm a couple days is fine, but then I, I got to adjust my schedule and be up at six. It's uh, it's just so today what happened? What 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 happened was. Uh, you know, the show yesterday was, uh, I put it off long story, but then today I wanted to be up. I wanted to get the show done. So I got home from UFO last night. I was at a concert with Pat and, uh, I, I, I'm old. I just don't get old. I guess folks is what I'm telling you. And, and I, I just, uh, my body gave out. Like it couldn't, it couldn't even keep its eyes open. It was trying. I was trying. I was doing this. I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll, no, I can do this. I'll I'll be fine because I got home last night. It was like uh, it was about twelve thirty, quarter to one, 
And I'm like, well, I'll record a show tonight before I got to take uh, uh, my buddy to the airport. And I, you know, I figured I could get done and get a couple hours of sleep. Uh, and look, by the way, this is all because I've put the show off to that to that time period. I mean, if, if I record the show on Monday or Tuesday, like I'm fucking supposed to, then it works. But I was busy this week, Monday, and then Tuesday, uh, I wound up kind of I was reeling because of last. You don't give a fuck, and I don't blame you. Um, there's no there's no excuse. The point is, I'm sorry, and I apologize. So then, like I said, my body. You push yourself, you push yourself, and then I'd like, all right, well, time to get this done. Let's sit down. I'll be Johnny Talkjaw, whatever the fuck. And then out of nowhere, uh, um, I literally, I, I I kept yawning. Here's another thing. I kept yawning, which that's no good for the fucking broadcast. I and mean, it's bad enough when I yawn a couple of times. But if I'm just sitting there yawning and trying to talk, and also I'm not sharp. I don't feel sharp if I, if I had two hours of fucking sleep. I mean, I could do this on two hours of fucking sleep. Uh, but that's not fair to you guys. It's not fair to me. I mean, look, I, you're paying upwards of $0 for this show. So why the fuck would I cheat you by giving you a fucking performance that you wouldn't be able to bank on? Um, no, a lot of you are lovely. A lot of you support, you support with words and things like that. And, and we'll get into that now too, in a second. But, uh, so anyway, so that's what happened. My, my, I got home last night and I'm like, all right, man, I'll get this done. And then I'll get a couple hours of sleep before I go to the, and I just couldn't, I sat down. And uh, I've talked about it before. Where I fell asleep in a chair. I, I, it's just my I run myself ragged, and I'm not learning. Um, let's put it this way: I know, but I don't learn, and, and that's incredibly frustrating. I mean, I'm 52 years old. You, you, you're not a child anymore, man. Just fucking make the necessary changes to fix the things you need to fix. But it's uh, I I don't know why it is. It is incredibly difficult for me to grasp that concept. It is very, uh, it's just, I've had bursts in my life where I've had control and I've done the right things and I've made the right decisions and, and then, uh, good things followed suit. And, and I think it's the fact that there are right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afloat, you know, I mean, I'm not, uh, and, and but with grand ideas, you know, I talked about, like I said, this is the, the year of I will. So I plan, I still have tour plans and stuff for 2020. Like I'm, I'm, I've been looking into things and making phone calls. And there's, there's a, there's another thing I'll talk to you about a little later here that I, I have coming up that I think I'm going to do. I don't know. And, and look for, for 99.9% of you, it's probably not going to matter, but, but it's something I I'm going to do because I want to do it and I have to do it. And I've been supposed, I'm supposed to do it for a very long time. It doesn't matter who cares. Um, there's another door slamming. Oh my God. Somebody else is charging in to murder me. Uh, perhaps a native American furious about us stealing his oil drilling rights. I don't know if any of that's true. Um, so I, I apologize again. We're coming out on a Friday and, uh, and later on a Friday than I wanted to, because I couldn't keep my goddamn eyes open. So I had to get last night, it was, I tried until like two 30 and then I was like, dude, you, I, I can't. And, uh, and finally at three o'clock I was like, all right, here's what you do. Get a couple hours sleep and then get up at five. Uh, and then you can, and then you can get a talk for an hour before you got to go pick up your boy. And I mean, fuck, that's a non-starter. You close, if you haven't slept and you close your eyes at three, you're not going to get up in two hours and then what do a talk show. <laughs> how you doing? Is that how Carson handled it? I understand if you're like fucking Foster Brooks or some of those boozy motherfuckers, maybe you can do that kind of shit. You just roll out of the sack and chat. Now I can talk any fucking time you want me to, but whatever, I'm at the top of my game, that's going to be a different argument. Uh, but from to really for to sleep from 3am to 5am and then get up and do an hour of talking and then, you know, come back and finish when you get back from the airport. I just, it just, so sure enough, the, the clock goes up at five. I, I just fucking bang hit the snooze. 
uh, and then bang hit the stop. And then I have to get up at six and then go get them. And then I come home after everything else. And I'm not joking. I was fine. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and record now. It's going to be fantastic. And again, I, I know I can't tell you how boring this is for you. I understand, but I, I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's roll. And I walk in the door this morning. It was like quarter to nine, I think it was, or nine o'clock. And then, uh, but right, I'm not joking. Right. When I pulled into the carport, I just, I mean, just fatigue hit me, this weakness where it just, it was just like, what the fuck? And I, I slept into the house and then I'm, I sat down and I went, yeah, I can't do this. I can't. And I don't know, look, I've had other people that are like, well, you have depression and that sleep is, is, is coming. But no, no, I, I would normally think, yes, okay, there's something to that, except for the fact that uh, I know I'm not sleeping. So, I mean, my body's just fucking rebelling against me and my head isn't helping either. So I was just like, well, you know what, dudes, I got to fucking crash. I don't know who I told called dudes in my house, but I did. Um, so I crashed. I, I went to sleep, and now I'm recording this, and it's fucking what is it? One fifty p.m. So you're gonna get this in a couple hours now. I mean, this will be up by four o'clock my time probably, and then and and who care? You don't care. It's the weekend at that point. You're gonna forget me and throw me off on the fucking scrap heap, the podcast scrap heap, man, which is rough. Because I know you have so many choices out there for podcasts now. Like I just saw that. Oh, wait, hold on. The girls from the office have a podcast now. Have you seen this? Oh, my goodness. It's uh, it's Jenna Fisher and the other one. And they're out there. Doing, I'm sorry. It's Angela Kinsey. We're having fun. I I, uh, I met her once. She was lovely. Um, but but they're doing a show. Get this. If you don't know about this. And, I, and look, I'm, I'm telling tales out of school here. I'm cutting my own throat by telling you about this because now you're going to stop this right now and go find this other podcast and live it up. I'm, I'm turning you on to a, a, a whole new experience. You're like, holy shit. We're listening to this motherfucker moan about sleep. And we can talk about these two glamour gals having a, a coffee clatch and a powwow. It's Angela Kinsey from The Office and uh, and your lovely Jenna Fisher, Pam from The Office. And here's what they do. Guess what they do? They get together. And I guess they're best friends in real life from what I've heard because, hey, that's, that adds the chemistry, right? You can't just put a couple of people who are on a random show together. You can't just say to yourselves, well, what if, now here's me, hear me out. What if we had the uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World and uh, the fucking teacher guy, that guy, is he alive still? I don't know if he is. But if we threw him in there, what's he going to talk about? Being the dad on The Graduate? And she's going to talk about being the thick, unrequited love of so many boys from the 90s? Is that what they're going to have a conversation about? Perhaps. Because, uh, again, it's the chemistry. It's the friendship. It's the people back and forth. You got, you need you need friendship. I'm sure that Topanga wasn't hanging out with uh, the, the voice of Kit Carr in her, in her off hours. Uh, perhaps she was. What if she was only hanging out with the voice of Kit Carr? What if she did that? What if she had William Daniels talk to her through a speakerphone at all times? That's how Topanga handled her business. Uh, what if the hot porn star chick from Boy Meets World went ahead and, and, uh, and did a show with, uh, I couldn't tell you another character from Boy Meets World to save my life. Boy. Is Boy on there? Boy. What if Boy from Boy Meets World hung out with the, pot, the, the, the porn star chick? Uh, and they don't have any chemistry together. They worked on a set. They possibly had lunch together a couple of times, maybe split a granola bar at craft services, but the two of them don't have anything to talk about. He's talking about how he hasn't been on anything since Boy Meets World again, and she's like, hey, I like cock now. I mean, it's it's that's a... Although, you know what? I gotta be honest. That's a podcast I might tune into. If Boy from Boy Meets World and Boy Meets World 2 is like, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm back meeting the world. And she's like, really? I'm meeting a whole lot of balls. <laughs> hey, want to see me scissor some chick? And he's just like, abs of fucking lootly. I don't know that what does for a podcast, but I'm going to watch. Uh, that's, that's, I look, I enjoy Maitland Ward. That's the porn star chick from Boy Meets, uh, uh, cause she's milfy and she's uh, kind of a redhead and she's hot. Uh, but I just, I've just seen her kind of spiral. I, 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 you know, what's funny. I was rooting for her in the beginning. Uh, 
I don't know anything about this woman. I never watched Boy Meets World a day in my fucking life except to go like Topanga, Topanga, motherfucking Topanga. Uh, but then this woman showed up on my radar because she was on some sites that I've been to. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, you know, a couple of years ago. She's cosplaying. So she's dressing up. She's like, hey, look at me. I'm a sexy stack. And everybody's like, wow, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> she's. She comes shambling in to, to to scare Marshall, Will, and Holly on a two-day expedition. Then uh, the greatest waterfall ever known. I don't know all the words. Um, and then she shambles in with her big tits and her red hair. She's like, Sleestack. And they're like, oh, how scary. And then they all sign an autograph at Comic-Con. You know, that's how they handle their business when they do the Comic-Con thing. They all dress up in a cosplay weird outfit. And she's just like, hey, check me out. I'm a sexy schmoo da, 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 from the fucking cartoon. And everybody's like, oh, it's the sexiest schmoo I ever saw. And then a bunch of knockoff Wonder Women and a bunch of knockoff Ant-Men come and they take photos with her because you can almost see a nipple through her costume. And everybody's thrilled about the Comic-Cons. That's what the thing is. Everybody pretends like, man, I go to the Comic-Con because there's a good chance that Marvel's going to give me an update in the next 10 movies. It's going to be fucking awesome. And then you get to Comic-Con and there's 8,000 people in line for a 250-seat room. And you're like, oh, well, I guess I won't get in to see the Marvel thing. Hey, what's this over here? Oh, look, it's the hot porn star chick from Boy Meets World and she's dressed like Alan Alda from MASH. Well, that's sexy as hell. Let's go take a look at the picture with Sexy Hawkeye. And then Sexy Hawkeye is incredibly sexy, but then she's taking pictures with all these knockoff fucking BJ Honeycuts and it's like, oh, by the way, I haven't been to Comic-Con in a very long time. Can you tell by who I'm saying is there? Um, but you wind up, it's all these, it's all people in fucking, you know, rat hold costumes who are just like, hey, look at me. I'm the Scarlet Witch. It's like, okay, Ben, you're, you look terrific. Uh, and, you know, and everybody, everybody is, you know, I, it's just, it's a whole exercise in free to be me. That's what cosplay is. It's anybody who wanted to wear a green wig in their life finally gets the chance and go, you can't yell at me, man. I got this green wig on. Look at me. I'm, I'm uh, the Silver Surfer's sister. And, and you're like, what? Didn't he was bald, first of all. And second of all, I don't think he had a sister. Shut up. I want to be me. Green wig, silver surfer, Harold of Galactus's sister. And everybody's like, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I guess this is your way of, are you coming out to us? Like what's happening here? No, come on. I'm, I'm the, I'm the Harold of Galactus's sister. I'm, I'm Samantha surfer. Uh, okay. Again, Benjamin, I, I don't know what you're, yeah, ah, not Benjamin. No, Samantha. Ah. <laughs> Here's my theme song I wrote for myself. It's this whole thing that people have been dreaming of since they were four years old. Oh, and, and they do it in their fucking room. They got the door closed. They got a mirror. They got a green fucking, you know, mop. And they're just like, ah, oh, I wish I was the Silver Surfer sister. I know that she doesn't exist, but I'd be Samantha Surfer. And I just, I would herald for Galactus all day long. I would hang out with her, all the fucking heroes. It'd be totally cool. I'd probably make friends with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I would love it because we're all in space together. And he, he has a silver surfboard. I would have a silver skateboard, man, because it's the Midwest. This kid doesn't own a surfboard. So he's got, a, he's got a pose in front of his mirror with a green mop on his head and standing on a skateboard. And then... Finally, he gets to be 21 and he finds out about Comic Cons and he's like, what? I I could what? And the next thing you know, he's in a green wig and a fucking aluminum foil suit. And he's standing next to the hot fucking porn star chick from Boy Meets World as as she's dressed like a sexy Dracula or something. And he's just like, yes, this is me. Everybody's good for you, Benjamin. Uh, So um. How the fuck did I get into Maitland Ward? I don't even know. I don't have any fucking clue, but she's, you know, she's, uh, I like her. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I like her. And I think she's, uh, I think she's very attractive. She came out of my radar a few years ago by being a cosplay lady. And then one day 
she made the leap. And I will tell you that this is look, I I <laughs> I almost feel like I've been I've been on board from day one with this chick. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but she was uh you know, she was a cosplay person. So she was still kind of on the periphery of show business and making stuff happen and and uh she had that boy meets world cred with a question mark, a clear question mark at the end of it. Um, but then she would cosplay and she'd show up at these events. And like I said, she'd be Vampirella or fucking sexy Leia in the sexy costume, which is, you know, fucking cosplay 101. Um, but then uh, she advanced from cosplay and she said, you know what? I'm going to do body paint. So then she became a body paint chick and she went totally body paint. And one time she did a body paint thing and then she did a behind the scenes of her body paint. And I know that this was, you could just see her, kind of making these baby steps where she's like, I think, I think I really want to be naked. Like for people, I think being naked would be a good thing for me, certainly. And for other people. And maybe, maybe some people would like it and would pay me. So then she's did the, the cosplay thing where she got body painted and she actually, and I will, I will admit to you, it, it was very titillating in a way where when you see your first nudity, uh, as a child, like I again, I saw Playboy magazines when I was fucking four or whatever, which I shouldn't have done. Or, or I was reading smut out of novels that found in the woods in an alley in Chicago. Um, there, by the way, there weren't woods in the alley in Chicago. I'm saying that I, I was in the alley in Chicago reading smut. Um, but I'd been seeing her in these skimpy costumes and you were like, well, you know, she's really fucking hot. And I, you know, it'd be kind of cool if she, I mean, whatever, because you, you extrapolate and you're like, ah, oh, you know, she could be naked maybe, but I mean, but, but it's fine. She's sexy. And also she's a former actress chick. That's never going to happen. Then she did the body paint thing. And I forget she, they, they turned her in like a, you know, like a green alien. One of the Star Trek chicks that fucking Kirk railed. I don't even know. She was just fucking green, but she put in this behind the scenes where they were, uh, they were. She was showing how she prepared her costume, which was a jar of paint, and then she has, as as most of these women do for this SI uh, photo shoot issues or these cosplay body paint ladies, they have a, a, a an entourage or a, certainly an assistant or two of uh, gentlemen willing to rub the paint all over their bodies. And I'm assuming these gentlemen are are, are uh, perhaps they're like Benjamin, our friend Samantha Surfer, who might be on the other side of the fence. Uh, and that's why they get to rub their hands all over these actresses and the, without a threat uh, and without fucking throwing a goddamn rod in the middle of the room every single fucking time. But um, but she showed her this series of photographs where she was getting rubbed with the paint and she was kind of wearing a thong. Uh, and then she would like her fingers over her nipples. It was very, very titillating, very exciting. And then... I don't, I don't even know how this worked. Like she, she did a full body paint thing and that, and she was fully nude except she was like green paint. But then some of the photographs, uh, you know, she, they, they were from the back and you got a burger shot and you saw, you saw labia and you saw like, but also sneak pics. Like she wasn't like porn, like, ha ha, check this out. Look at my two car garage. She's like, no, no, uh, little glimpses where she's walking and you could just get a, a peek of it from the back or thigh gap or whatever the fuck. And it was just, uh, it was very much like when, uh, as a, as a little boy or a teenager or whatever, you would see like when a celebrity like Bo Derek would be naked in in uh, Playboy, or or you'd see something you weren't supposed to see. It was very titillating because again, she'd been in costumes up to that point, and I think that that was the intended effect she had, where she was like she had she'd baited the hook, so to speak, with sexy costumes, and then she made the leap into being naked, but with a thin layer of paint over her. But she also fucking showed her pussy to everybody. And I think she got off on that. That was one of her things, and she was a kind of a trial run to see if there was any response. Well, I mean. It's the internet. 
So a bunch of fucking shut-ins who were jerking off into socks and me, please let me accept myself from that crowd, went, oh, okay, well, this is the move. And then next thing you know, she's like, uh, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to be nude a lot. So she starts being nude and and putting out like kind of nudish slash cosplay slash whatever. Uh, And then... She she launches a Patreon and then she's doing hardcore porn like she's doing scenes with guys and she's blowing dudes and, and whatever the fuck. And the Patreon, I think I think the first month, the, the people who signed up, she was making, if I remember correctly, it was one hundred and ninety five thousand dollars a month. The first month, like that's the first month. These guys signed up in two weeks and then she made the number like private. She was like, yeah, she wasn't stupid. Um but since so I'm like, all right, so look, and I actually this is so odd. I was proud of this woman. I know that sounds ridiculous, but not eh. I mean, maybe you understand. Uh, you know, my whole life is an internet side hustle. I mean, even even in real life, I'm side hustling gigs, I'm driving people to the airport, I'm doing this, I'm making money where I can. Uber and Lyft is essentially just a glorified side hustle. And then I've got this, I got Twitch, I got everything else that I that is just it's just you're just carving out a niche. And I talked last week about the uh the cam girl, the guy wanted me to buy a cam. He bought a cameo for her. And like I said, she's doing the same. She's doing a cam thing where she's using every inch of her body to make as much money as she possibly can. It's a side hustle, man. Go and go and do it. Go, go forth and prosper, whatever the fuck. So I, I felt some sort of, and I, I really, I would call it pride that Maitland word. Cause I was like, you know what she did? Cause again, you always hear, we always hear this cliche. Um, women get into porn. And then they become broken women and then uh, they get their faces fucked up and they put a lot of Botox. And I mean, look, go look at Jenna Jameson these days. Jesus Christ. She's, you know, she used to be the hottest fucking porn star in the world. And you were like, gee, uh, and, and I mean, I'm not just talking about like hottest, like booked and, and working those. I'm talking hottest as in you looked at her face and you were like, oh my Christ, that is one of the most beautiful faces I've ever seen. And now she's standing in a field making sure your corn's intact. I mean, she's, she's just done so much. She's had so many injections, cock and needles, that her face and her fucking the rest of her is just a goddamn mess. Um, and it did something to her brain. She did drugs. She married Tito Ortiz. And, and that'll fuck you up. And not necessarily uh, in order of importance. You know what I mean? I'm sure Tito might have a lot more to do than the spike in the spoon. But, uh, but she got all fucked up. And now she's like a MAGA chick. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, not, I'm not. Here's the thing. I'm not making commentary on who she's supporting. I'm saying the very fact that we know that a porn star is supporting a certain candidate. You're just like, all right, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like it's, but that's become her existence now. Or she's, she's controversial on the internet. She's writing manifestos. She's just fucking bananas. You know, she's just laying around in a gold lame robe and dictating to a fucking guy named Philippe who holds her dog, you know, and, and just if she has any money left at all, you know, she's, she's become Jennifer Conley in Requiem for a Dream. You know what I mean? She's she's waiting for an ass to ass call. She's just waiting for it to happen so she can turn it down with a flourish. But who knows what she does on the side? And I don't want to cast aspersions. You know, maybe she's a sex worker. Maybe she isn't. And again, if you're a sex worker, make all the fucking money you can. Like I said, Cam Girl, perfect. Maitland Ward, perfect. I'm glad for them. Um, but we've always heard the cautionary tale of porn is, you know what? Uh, you step in this fucking bear trap and eventually you're going to have to saw your own leg off. You know what I mean? It's just there is a price to pay for this sort of activity. So what Maitland Ward did it in steps and did it what I considered, you know, I, and again, I don't know what the fucking right way is, but I thought in a cool way, let's put it that way, in a cool way where she was in control. That was the thing I loved the most about it. She was in control of it. And I had a friend and I would talk to him about it. I'd be like, yeah, I, you know, I think this is a cool ass move. And he's like, her husband's pimping her out. I go, what are you talking about? Cause that's another thing too. Let's talk about this. Uh, Maitland Ward is a married woman. 
She's married to a let's and, and I don't know if is there a way to verbal I'm just going to make air quotation marks and you'll know what I'm saying here real estate investor in Los Angeles and uh, there's a photo you can find photos of them on the internet he looks like a you know normal dude I guess but uh, but I talked to this person and they, and they were like no no his uh, her husband's pimping her out and I was like what are you talking about dude she she was a cosplay person and then she she's taken the uh, the appropriate steps and I think she's done this in a cool way like she was always testing the waters of what she was gonna do and then she she winds up, and I should tell you that the, this person I talked to uh, had a very unhealthy attitude toward women. He always thought that women had ulterior motives. He always he had uh, he didn't care for ladies very much. He had a lot of uh, his his opinions were not mine. Let's put it that way, because a lot of the time it would be me, me just going, well, uh, I don't know if you can say that, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but also this person had been hurt very badly by women in the past. And so I, uh, you, you can see where they go into that defensive shell and they then think that every woman has some weird ulterior motive. Like somehow, you know, eventually it would come out where I'm like, Hey man, Maitland Ward's doing the right thing here. And and he would say something like, yeah, but you know, now I, she took all my money and she left me fucking hang. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did you, wait, why are you interjecting yourself into the Maitland Ward conversation? This isn't about you at all. Uh, but they, because of their previous, uh, experiences with ladies, uh, they always looked at women with this weird jaundiced eye and I would always have to wind up discussing and then just kind of going, you know, uh, maybe you throttle down a little bit. Maybe you don't get that crazy about it. No, and he, but he insisted that Maitland Ward's husband was pimping her out. And he's like, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's making her do this. Like, I don't know if she, you know, and I'm like, cause I was, uh, my mind is as a, of a piece. Uh, I know there are people out there who are poly now and open and all that kind of bullshit. And I don't think that would be anything I would be interested in. So uh, in the conversation we were having was, you know, good for her and all of her success. But I oh, door slamming. I said, I don't know. Uh, even if even if I was in a relationship where somebody came to me and they were like, this would be a great way for to make us, uh, us to make a fuck ton of money. I can't I can't think that I would be on board with my partner uh, having a bunch of sex with other dudes, even though. And again, that's my uh, mindset. I'm not saying it's wrong for you if you want to do that, because, again, my friend Lily is uh, in an open relationship or poly or whatever the fuck. Uh, I don't know if I should say that out loud, although I think she's made no bones about it on previous shows. Um, You know, so I I, live the life you want to live. That's fine with me. I don't care. But for me, I think I would have a very difficult time with it. It would it would (laughs) uh, let's put it this way. Even if we had weeks of conversations and eventually you swung me over to your side and I said, you know what? Baby, that's not a bad idea. Uh, the second I saw you taking somebody else's pipe, I think I'd probably be like, all right, we're done. I'm out. Take care of yourself. Nice to meet you. Um, that's just me and my insecurities and my weirdness. And and it's not even, you know, I just I just don't. That's just not a thing for me. So so that was what the 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 kernel of the conversation when I said, well, I don't know what Maitland Ward is doing with her husband, but I mean, I I don't know how he takes this. Is he on set when this is happening? Like, because they hired, you know, she hired her, she had a photographer who did all of her shots, and and I don't know if he was the one filming, whatever. I said, but is the husband there when this is going on? And my friend is like, dude, her husband's pimping her out. Her husband's making her do this. Like you can see, he's and he was like, you can see it in her eyes. Like even though she's doing this, that uh, she she doesn't, you know, this is not, she's not a hundred percent. This is just a job or whatever, and I'm sure he's making her do it. And but and I'm like, dude, I, I think you're projecting a whole fuck ton of what's happened to you in the past into this. But I I can't, uh, you know, whatever. I but I but you know, I I think she's done it the right way. She's gone in baby steps. She's made she's built an audience and then capitalized on that audience. And he's like, this was all the plan from fucking from the beginning. Her husband made her do all this. And I'm like, all right, dude, I don't, you know, like I said, 
he he had no inside information. This was him just stating it as a fact because of the behaviors of women in his, in his life or women he had known and, and whatever. Uh, so I was like, all right, dude, I you know this is a conversation we can't have because you're you know, no matter what. I mean, it was a con- we still had the conversation, but I was like, I think you're wrong. I think I think you're. Uh, I can't. Uh, and like I said, I know it's a, a puritanical, perhaps, uh, way of thinking to think, how can her husband, because uh, I never, let's put it this way, I never thought, how does her husband let her do this? I wondered how her husband uh, was on board with it, how he how he felt about it. It wasn't like, how does he let her do this? Because you don't let your fucking wife do anything. You know what I mean? It's just, you don't let a woman or another person do anything. They, they do what they're going to do. And you choose if you're going to stay or not. Well, the very fact that she stayed married indicated to me that he was on board with the whole goddamn thing. But uh, but it, I have to admit, it spun up weird shit in me where I'm just like, that's boy, I don't know if I could. I, I that's just not a thing. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, you date somebody, you realize, obviously, they've been with other people and stuff like that. You don't concern yourself with it because they're with you now. And who cares? There's nothing you can do about. I mean, it's not even like there's nothing you can do about the past. Just be fucking confident. Because, again, I've, I've been with a bunch of people, too. So who the fuck knows? Um, so you can't concern yourself about it, but if actively while you're in the relationship with them, they're fucking guys on film. That's, uh, it's just different. You know what I mean? For me. And, and, uh, I, I don't know, maybe if confronted with that situation, I would be, I would change my mind. One of those things where like, uh, you know, she's like, Hey, this is a lot of money and I'm, uh, you know, I'm really hot anyway. And you're still fucking me and let, and let's do this. And, and she had a great business plan. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, all right, sounds good. Just, I'm not going to watch your movies and I'm not going to be in the room, you know, that sort of thing. But, but even so, uh, you, you, you know, you're in the dark and quiet in your brain, you'd just be like, you'd start you know, you're going to start dick measuring at one point and then you're going to be like, holy fuck, what's going on here? I, I don't know. I For me, for me, again, not for you. You do what you want. You guys, uh, you go to go to orgies. I know all of you are out there just fucking and running and that's fine. You going with your exile in Guyville and living your life. Uh, but me, you know, I just thought I, so I was thinking about her as a as a, you know, a wife or whatever the fuck. So. Uh, but I admired her because I thought, like I said, she did it the, in what I consider to be a cool way. Um. And doing the scenes for her Patreon made sense because then she was she was in control of the actors. She was in control of all these different things. And I was like, look at this chick. She's becoming like a fucking she's like a porn baron with one client. Like she's she's her very own wicked studio. And she's the fucking star, which is I, I was like, this is the smooth. And she had all that previous cachet from being an actress in in what I guess you'd call legit roles, you know, non-porn roles. So she had that to capitalize on. So she had that fan base to pull from just the the prurient interest and the and the curiosity of people who had seen her on Boy Meets World and stopped jerking off the Topanga long enough to go, hey, who's the blonde? Well, now you can see her as a redhead getting fucking railed and you're like, you damn. All right, I'm in. What's that? Ten bucks a month. All right, here you go. Labia it up. Uh, but then she started putting up the hardcore scenes and that's fine. But then uh and again, this is going to sound so dumb and, and foolish, but uh, but a couple months ago or whatever, she's like, I got a big announcement coming up, big announcement. She said it on Twitter and on her Instagram, whatever the fuck. Yes, I follow her everywhere because I'm a weirdo. And uh, and then she's like, uh, yeah, I got oh, you're not going to believe this big announcement because she's and again, she'd been hanging out with these. She's been doing scenes with women. And, oh, and, I, and by the way, <laughs> her early scenes with women. 
were some of her best acting that she's or I, I, best and worst acting that she's ever done because she pretended that she was into it. And then uh, but then she would try to eat pussy and you could just see that it was just it's a for this. Let's put it this way, for Maitland Ward. Pussy was an acquired taste and she was acquiring that taste every time she saw a, she saw a sex scene. I don't I don't know if she was doing it in her off hours, but it sure didn't look like it when she was on camera because she was she was going down on on chicks like uh like she was trying to uh uh you ever see <laughs> you ever see like a uh, a pet eat pet food and uh, they just kind of peck at the bowl they just kind of and they keep bouncing their head up and down yeah that's that's a little bit what Maitland was doing like Maitland she just and she even she even had a furrowed brow half the time like like her like her fucking face was confused about where it was you know what i mean she's you know she can handle a cock but then when she would be time to go down on a lady you could see her she was just kind of like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that thing where you uh there's look, there's if you like eating pussy, I mean, you are active. All right. You're, you're, you got lips, you got mouth, your face is in there. You're fucking all over the place. It's just it's just happening. But when you just go flat tongue like uh, uh, <laughs> and you just and you're kind of moving your neck with it, uh, uh, <laughs> you're not you're just you're just going through the motions that you think. And also you would think because, again, you always hear this like uh, women know what women want. I always hear that all the time from lesbians because, uh, again, I'm hanging out with them all the time. What a stupid thing to say. But you hear lesbians say stuff like, hey, man, we know what women want or we know how to eat pussy or whatever the fuck. And that's fine. Good for you. I'm, that's awesome because everybody should be getting off at all fucking times. Everybody should be a goddamn fire hose or a goddamn waterfall. Do it. Everybody should be coming 24 hours a goddamn day. And if and if uh, a lady can do it for you better than a man, maybe you jump the fence or maybe you just entertain both. Maybe you go buy. Maybe go open. Maybe whatever whatever gets you off. I don't care. Jesus fuck. But what I said is in the movie, you would see Maitland Ward go down on a chick. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. I can't wait, wait to fuck. You want me to eat that pussy? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Just, and she'd look confused. Almost like she went down, like she was going down on this girl. And all of a sudden she's like, where's the dick? Uh, uh. Just, and, and look. As anybody will when they get, when they get, uh, when they keep it at it, they're going to get better at it. So she's better at it now. Uh, but in the beginning, it was just she, which is, again, so odd to me because just to me, it seems like just do what you like done to you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess if I was, look, if I was forced into a situation where I had to blow a guy, never mind, let's, this was going the wrong way. I don't even want to talk about this. Uh, anyway, so the point is uh, Maitland, she goes, she, she, she knew her, she knew her way around a cock. But I mean, once it came to fucking, she went down on pussy town, it was like, forget it. <laughs> By the way, down on Pussy Town. Look out for it. It's a new novel I've got coming out. I've written it's a it's I'm not gonna lie to you, it's a little racy. Down on Pussy Town. Uh, so Maitland Ward, she just she just looked like a child who just who ate something hot. Does that make sense? A child who had spicy food for the first time. Uh, 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 <laughs> fanning her mouth with just a flat tongue on the other girl's pussy, and the other girl going, Oh, yes, you're so good at this. It's like, no, clearly she could not be less good at this. Um but she's advanced. She's picked up her pussy eating game because why not? That's her job. And she's getting paid on Patreon. I'm sure some guys are just like, hey, I'll subscribe $20 a month if you learned how to eat pussy. Fuck, I'll, I'll give you $50 a month if you let me show you how to eat pussy. Why not? Uh, but she's, you know, so anyway, she said, I've got this big announcement. She's because on her pay, on her Patreon, she'd be doing these scenes with like a guy. She had two guys that she would work with exclusively. Yes, I know way too much about this. And then she had these women that she worked with. And, uh, and that's that. See, that's the way to be, man. You, you get you get these people in your inner circle. You all get it together and have sex. Then you put it up on the internet and you get cash. That's the way the life. That's the way life should work. 
Get a close knit group of five friends. All of you wind up having sex together. Uh, you know, individual. Sometimes two on one. Sometimes three at a time. Uh, sometimes two on two. Two ladies, two men. Whatever the fuck. And then you just you just throw that on the internet for all to see. And then you make all the money and all the bank. And the less people in the scene, the more money you collect. Because if it is only two, yeah, then you split the split it in half. Uh, but she had a small troop. She had. Uh, how do I put this? Like she had a. Uh, um, she she had a. You know what? She was like the UCB of porn. Uh, just like some improv group. She had just like six people. And she's like, all right, well, you know, some of the, you guys, you can do all the crazy characters, the dialects, and I can do all the, the you know, pussy eating. And they're like, no, uh, she, that's what I was like. You ever did, if you ever did comedy in a group and someone's like, well, I can do an, a, a British accent. You're like, dude, you cannot do a British accent. No, I promise I can. Hello, governor. That's the British accent of Maitland Ward eating pussy. Like literally she is Maitland Ward eating pussy is the, is the bad British accent of any improv troupe you saw. The guy who claims he can do accents. Oh, I can do that. Sure. Or like when you were a kid and you played football and some guy's like, I want to be quarterback. You're like, dude, you're terrible. And he's like, no, man, I'm totally good at quarterback. And then he just fucking throws the ball into the ground or he waits too long to release and he gets blasted by Greg Simon on a blitz. And you're like, what the fuck, Mike? Why would you do that? Uh, not me, Mike. Another Mike. I was a great quarterback. Anyway, uh, so that's who Maitland Ward is when she ate pussy. Although she, I'm sure she's so much better at it now. Uh, and what the fuck do I, what does she care? She's making 200 grand a month. So she's got her fucking Patreon. She sets it up and she's got all this, this, this small cabal of people, but then she's like, cabal, is that, is that a word to use? There's a cabal of porn stars that are about to fucking take over the internet. I don't know if that's a sleeper cell. How about that? It's a sleeper cell of porn stars. Let's say that she's got a sleeper cell rather than a full terrorist organization. You know, let's, let's look at the whole porn world as ISIS. She's just got a sleeper cell that's waiting to be activated. So that's what she had at her Patreon site. And she's doing that. She's eating pussy badly and she's getting everybody else in there and a couple of dudes. And also she varied it up. She had she had an African-American dude. She had a white dude. Uh, she had a girl that looked a little swarthy. I mean, she was making it happen. She was she had a Benetton thing happening. She had all sorts. Of, she was very inclusive on her Patreon. And then uh, and then she's like, I got a great announcement. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to, to let to share it to let all my fans know. And then, uh, you know. Uh, I, I will tell you this too. She also would put out like videos on Instagram or on Snapchat and it'll be like her and another girl. And they, you can't be dirty on Instagram and Snapchat. You can get close. You can have like a, you know, a, a t-shirt with a, maybe you're excited to be there. If you know what I'm talking about. And you can like, you can kiss a girl, but you can't be like, you can sort of do a deep tongue make out, whatever the fuck. I know a lot of these rules. Anyway, this is Maitland does and some stuff. She'd push the envelope. So she would be like at a Los Angeles restaurant with a porn star. And she'd be like, ah, oh, we're going to shoot a scene later. <laughs> and then they would talk. And they would just giggle. And you were like, I can't watch this. I just, I, somebody put something in somebody's mouth, please. A finger, a thumb, a, a margarita, anything. Just, just quit with the fucking giggling. Like, I mean, cause again, these are women that are 41 years old. Stop with the, or I, I'm sorry. Maitland, I think is like, I think she's 41, uh, but her daddy, her daddy still calls her baby, but she, uh, I think she's like 41 years old, something like that. She's older. And then she'd be with these porn stars who were like 27 or 28. She was with this porn star named Sutton. S-U-T-T-I-N, who is just one of the one of those girls. If you saw her at a grocery store, you'd be just like, I don't know how that exists. Like she's just like her body and her face, she's just a beautiful woman. And then, then she's in porn. And you're like, oh, my God, this is everything uh, that I wanted to see in the frozen food section come to life with, with a redhead who also I want to bang. Um, so they're they're out at it. But they'd be at a restaurant. And they'd be like, here, eat this lemon peel from my my candied uh, cheesecake <laughs> and feeding each other and just 
the kind of shit that like I don't know if that turns guys on for real. Like if there's some dudes who are like, oh, look at those two giggly girls in short skirts and they're eating olives off each other's fucking fingers. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe. But it was just so forced and phony to me that I'm just like, ah, oh, Christ, we just either kiss or just or just I would prefer if they were just normal people. Hey, I'm Maitland. Hi, I'm Sutton. We're going to be eating each other's pussies later. But right now we're out to dinner, you know, like almost treated like a don't don't treat your fan. I mean, I guess you've got to keep the fantasy up. That's what people pay for. But I just I would find myself embarrassed for them because they would be fucking giggling and laughing and they would do it all the time. Even then they'd be on the set and they'd be like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be yeah, I'm going to be all over her later. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is, you know, Maitland, come on, man. You're you're like a real actress. You don't need to fucking land. And so be better at it, at least. Um, do I have a lot of opinions about this? Probably seems like way too many. Probably. Uh so then she's like, I got this big announcement, man. And she's giggling on Snapchat with everybody and whatever the fuck. And then she goes, ha ha, here's what I'm doing. Uh, guess what? I'm doing an exclusive scene with blacked.com coming up this weekend. And it'll be out and it's me and this actor and wait for a preview. And uh, and I have to admit this. This is going to sound so dumb. So since then, she did that scene. And then she did a scene with like Brazzers or something. And now she's doing some, she just did a porn film, like a 40 minute actual film with like a guy and another chick. And, and she's, she's made a real a porn film like for producers. Like she's not, it's not just her Patreon anymore. And then when this porn film came out this past week, it's uh, here's what it's called and embrace yourself. This doesn't sound like a porn film, but it is deeper. Uh, that's, that's out now. So it's Maitland Ward and Maitland Ward. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to tell you this Maitland Ward. Like there's this girl again, it's a typical porn movie, but it's done. You know, when you know, when porn movies try to be legit or important, when the, you know, it's like, the, you know, somehow uh, there's there's like in, in the, you know, in the locker room, like the, the head, the chief quarterback is fucking like the head cheerleader. And then a school shooting breaks out and they've got to run out the window because they try to just capture the zeitgeist of real life. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's a cautionary tale, but still there's plenty of ropes being thrown. It's great. So this this fucking deeper. Uh, there's, I don't even know the fucking, the, I, I look, I, I kept the sound down cause I, whatever, but I listened to Maitland someone cause she's a good actress. And I have to admit she did good acting in this, in her part where she's not fucking anybody. But, but again, it's just so stupid. It's like some porn star is like, ah, oh, I don't, uh, you know, the thing where she, she grabs her neck, like, ah, oh, I'm sweaty, but I don't know why it's warm in here. And then she's in like business attire. And then she shows up at Maitland Ward's, uh, tarot card reading office. And it's on, it's shot on film. So it's not, you know, this isn't in somebody's garage with like the, you know, the, the King of cups or whatever the fuck erected on the wall. It's like a legit fucking office with drippy candles. It looks like she, you know, she honestly, this, it looks like this fucking hot chick went to go buy a gremlin and Maitland Ward is in the back of the fucking shop and she's reading tarot cards. So it's actually on a legit set. So fucking this chick walks in and she's like, Oh, I, and the Maitland Ward is like, what do you want? You don't know what you want, but you know, but you won't give yourself over whatever the fuck it turns out. This chick might have dreamy fucking sex desires, but Maitland Ward is a witch who brings them out of her. And, uh, and then the girl's like, no, no. And runs away. But then she goes to bed, of course, when she's home. And then she dreams of a three way with Maitland and this and some big dick dude. And they go at it. And and there's a lot. I'll tell you this, though. I, I watched the scene. A uh, lot of ass eating in the scene. Maitland, Maitland eating the ass of both of the other participants. And there's one scene where Maitland is on all fours on the couch and the guy's railing her from behind and he's got his fucking hand and he's shoving Maitland face first in the ass of the other chick. And they're all going at it. And I'm just like, whoa. Uh, whoa, is what I said as I dodged my own fucking rope that I shot at my face. Anyway, I, uh, so I, so this, this movie comes out, whatever. So deeper came out, but also when I said the other scenes in other places and I will, this is legitimately how I felt. I was like, uh, oh man, 
she went pro. And and I know that sounds silly, and I know it's and I have because I was like wistful. I was I was upset, not upset, not upset. These are dumb things to say. Not upset, but I was. I won't. I won't lie. I was a little disappointed. It was like uh, I can imagine it was like what it was like when REM fans when they signed with like uh, uh, they signed away from IRS and they went to like fucking Capital or whatever the fuck that may never happen. All right, let's go the other route. It's like when an indie band like let's say when Metallica goes and then signs a, a major with a major label. And everybody's just like, oh, man, I knew them when. Like, I, I knew Maitland when she was, uh, you know, eating olives off of fucking porn star's fingers on her Snapchat. But now she's doing these big-ass scenes and getting big-time money in a fucking gremlin shop. And I, I have to admit, I admired her because she was in control of her own career. She was she was producing her own scenes. She had her own Patreon. She was selling stuff. And, but then she now she's on, like, OnlyFans, and she's selling fucking Polaroids. She's gone full-blown cottage industry porn star, and now she's doing actual scenes. And uh, and as I you know, like I said, good for her. Make all the money you fucking can. You know what I mean? It's not like the Boy Meets World yet again is going to be casting her. That's fine. But at the same time, I have to admit because I had followed her from I followed her from the when she was when she was dressed up again. As I've mentioned many times before, she was a sexy Laverne, uh, and and with a Laverne and Shirley blow up doll next to her. You know what I mean? She was that was she would do that at cosplay things, and she would get photographed and say and you know sexy devil girl or whatever the fuck some fucking you know sexy Annabelle from The Conjuring. You know she would dress up in these outfits, and then it progressed to body paint. And then it progressed to, hey, look at my labia and body paint. And then it progressed to, hey, I'm a porn star now, but I got a Patreon and I'm in charge. And now she's getting, she's got her, you know, she's face first in the ass of some fucking chick with a back tattoo that I wouldn't put on a goddamn MMA fighter. And, uh, and good for her. I don't care. Make all the money you can. But I have to admit there was this pang inside of me that was like, oh man, you know what? You sold out. <laughs> you fucking sold out. You used to be an independent person. Yeah. You were in charge. Cause I, I, cause everybody does this thing where they frame it as, uh, oh man, once you're doing porn, that's it. You can't go back. And now you're, now you've really in the drugs. Cause again, in the old days, that's the way it was. That's when your fucking screech was doing a porn movie or fucking Dana Plato. It was always these chicks that was like, you know, they were on their fucking last highball or whatever the fuck. And they were like, oh man, I'm out of booze. I better make a phone call. And the next thing you know, Dana Plato's getting ass fucked on a lawn chair somewhere through somebody's super eight, you know, and it's just fucking terrible because you're like, oh man, look how the mighty have fallen. Not that I'm ever going to put Dana Plato in the mighty list, but why not throw in the mighty column? Let's do it. Um, but it was always seen as like the last refuge. Like if they unearthed your porn past, like Elvira, well, you'd already carved out an inch as Elvira. So you're going to be able to survive the naked photos and whatever the fuck. And also you weren't taking a cock, but if you fell on completely hard times, there was always that phone call you could make where you'd be like, you know, there are a lot of people out there who would want to see Walona's pussy from good times. So why not make that happen? Although I'm sure she's very busy doing other things. I'm just, she, I just, she was an example I came up with. Um, but you, you're, are you going to tell me you didn't want to see Bernadette Stannis's uh, pussy? I, I, I defy you. I say you are wrong, sir or ma'am. Uh, a lot of people wanted to see Esther get rolled. Everybody wanted to see that on good times. You're like, Oh damn. Yeah. So that's what happened. She get naked and she's getting fucked. And you're like, damn, damn, damn. Esther getting rolled. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say this. That's the first time I've ever felt like kind of 
almost queasy making a joke about somebody. I feel bad for Esther Roll. She's a terrific actress. Wasn't she in Raisin in the Sun or some bullshit? She's fucking amazing. Probably one like uh, before Hollywood woke up. She's probably got like 19 black Emmys. Uh, did they have those? I don't know. Hollywood, did they? Because that's that's a thing, right? Didn't African-Americans finally go, fuck you, because they were never getting nominated for anything. So they came with like the Essence Awards or some bullshit. And that was a way for them to reward the 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 millions of African-American actors who were doing good work and not getting recognized by the Academy because they'd always nominate some jughead who played a, a Shakespeare guy. It's like, oh, oh, good, Laurence Olivier, good for you. Sidney Poitier is doing like 14 movies of amazing work in one year, and they're like, ah, oh, sorry, man. Rod Steiger as the Southern Sheriff, clearly better than you in this film. Although Poitier might have won for that film. I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm all over the map here. The point is, I feel bad because Maitland Ward, who's someone I had put a lot of chips, I put a lot of cookies in her basket. Uh, and I, I've seen her basket so many times. Um, but then when that, but then she makes the leap and goes pro. And I'm kind of like, oh, it was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh, Jesus, come on, Maitland. Um, and I shouldn't care. And I will say this. I, I have to admit the conversations I had two years ago when this all kind of went and the machinations started and she started to do this uh, with my friend who was like, she's getting pimped out by her husband. That did echo in my brain when I saw that she was starting to do porn scenes with porn guys. And like, and because then she put up a picture of herself with a guy from like, you know, fucking, you know, pinkcrack.com or some bullshit. And he's just, you know, he's your open necked dress shirt, heavily tanned gold chained guy. I was like me and Maitland are going to do a lot of business together. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, good. I'm glad you're there. Oh, geez. This is the guy um, because watching it, I'm like, oh, so this is the guy Joe Pesci will play in the movie like that. that when you see that, he's just like, hey, hey, this Maitland Ward. How you doing? Hey, I'm going to I'm going to put this redhead to work. She's going to get fucking busy and she's going to fucking it's going to be fantastic. You want to see this ass? And then he like he slaps her ass because they just signed a contract and Maitland doesn't realize what she's done. And she's understanding that she's sort of in porn. So everybody's kind of handsy. So she has to go along with it. And she gives an uncomfortable smile as this weird fucking tan troll slaps her ass. And her husband just stands just carefully off camera going, yeah, that's right, Maitland. Let's make that fucking green. Uh, or at least that's what I've, I've envisioned in my head. I hope it's not like that. I hope I hope Maitland still firmly has both of her perfectly manicured hands on the reins of this career. And she's steering it exactly where she wants it to go. But if if she's fallen into the hands of these nefarious porn merchants, courtesy of a greedy husband, well, I'll I'll be there to save you, Maitland. I'm I'm reaching my hand out to pull you out of the muck and then we'll do the talk show tur- circuit. And then uh, and then I'll only ask for like half your Patreon. <laughs> that's all I'll need. Let's go ahead and soup me up with that. Uh, Jesus Christ, how did that happen? Well, that was a divergent uh, where we went all over the joint with that. I didn't remember what the fuck I was talking about. I think I was going to apologize to you guys at some point. Was I going to mention that to you? Jesus. Um, yeah, so anyway, there you go. So that that's uh, that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> Can you see what I've been doing for the past few days? <laughs> no, but that's just the thing that's been on my fucking brain for a while now. And uh, And I know it's niche. But I mean, what do you want to hear about me? He went in fantasy baseball. I won fantasy baseball. How about that? Fucking guys run with it. I, I won uh, the never not funny fantasy baseball league and I won it. Here's the thing. You don't care, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't fucking care. Uh, I won it on the last day uh, on the last Sunday because there's a pitcher for, for the Houston Astros. His name is Garrett Cole and he got a win and he struck out uh, like nine guys or 10 guys. And that's all I needed. I, I finished one strikeout ahead of a guy and I tied a guy for wins and it was enough to get me that this half point, this one and a half points that I needed to take the win. I won the title by half a point. Uh, I, I fucking phenomenal because it, the difference in the, in the cash was, uh, it was like, you know, like I said, like winning meant two and a half times second place. So it, it's, it's fantastic. And 
uh, because I won, I, I have plans, big plans, so many plans that I was going to talk to you about. I guess I could go into this and ask you these questions. Let's talk about this now. Why not? Um, <laughs> here's, here's something I'm doing, and here's another thing I'm doing. I'm going to throw this at you, at you guys right now. I, I don't have anything to show you yet, but it's in, it's in, it's being worked. Uh, and again, I, uh, this is a bad thing to bring up to you on a Friday afternoon as the show's late again, you support me and do a lot of cool things and I appreciate it, but I'm going to bring it up. What the fuck? Um, we're doing a t-shirt for the show. Uh, we're doing another t-shirt and, and it's exciting. And I talked to Max, I've already seen some designs and we got some, you know, it's a, it's a cool idea and we're, I'm going to wait for him to have it fucking completely done, but here's how I'm doing this t-shirt. If you recall, uh, you know, I've, uh, the last time I did t-shirts, I did the yurt, dirt, dirt shirt. And that was like, dude, that's like 2013. That's a while ago. And uh, it was a cool shirt and we sold a bunch, but I way over ordered. Like, and then I had a bunch of them in my closet for almost two, three years. And then I finally took them to Podcastathon and I threw them out of the crowd for free. I was like, I just because seeing them, even though we did like, you know, half off shirt Saturday or whatever the fuck, all this different stuff. And I don't tour enough to where I could sell them on the road. So it was just this thing where I went, you know what? Anybody's going to buy one is going to buy one. So I just, I just, I wanted, remember, I wanted to send them to Katrina and they wouldn't take them. I wanted to just give them to the homeless, whatever the fuck. So I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I can't order a fuck ton of shirts this time. So here's the plan. Here's what I've got going on because things have changed too, since 2013. And the fact that you can do this sort of thing now, what we're going to do uh, before when I, oh, so also when I would, that was the year dirt, dirt shirt, but also when I did the cities, if you remember when I did city tours, I would go to Denver, I'd go to Pennsylvania, I went to Philadelphia, whatever. And I said, Hey, look, this is a city specific shirt. We would do that. And look, I would love to do that more often, but, um, in the old days, all the money I made from the show got to go back into the show so I could make those shirts and then sell them. And I bear, you know, I, I broke even or lost money on the shirts usually, but I, it was worth it to me because they were super cool. And it was just money that was kind of superfluous because it was for the, for the show. But now, as we all know, my life has changed and uh, the money for the show actually helps pay my bills. So as much as I'd love to do city specific shirts and things like that, uh, it's, it's a rough go. So we're going to do a, a uh, just a one 40 year old boy design shirt. Like remember we did um, horn boy. Remember that red shirt with the black horn boy on it? We did. Uh, and then we did the Scarface looking shirt. We've done a, we've done some badass fucking shirts in the past. Well, all the way back to the skull pie shirt, which is one of the first ones we ever did. So uh, Megs is designing this shirt uh, and it's coming out. But here's what we're going to do. When I did those city specific tour things, I would go, hey, look, this is the city shirt. You got to let me know if you want one and what size and you got to prepay. So we're kind of doing that now. Uh, We're going to put up a GoFundMe. Once I get the design squared away, the GoFundMe will be up. And um, if you want a shirt, you'll buy it. It'll be 25 bucks. It'll be up on the, uh, on the, the, and that's again, that's 25 bucks because it's, you know, the shirt's probably 20 and then five for shipping. Um, with, and we'll figure out international shit later because if you're Canadian and a lot of cool cast Canadian people, I know we'll buy the shirt. Um, it might be like 35 if you're in Canada, whatever. Well, I'll have to figure out the GoFundMe and figure it all out, but there's going to be a shirt for the, for this year. And look, I, I, here's the part where I step on my dick. I, I know it's, I, I hesitate to even be like, yeah, we've got a shirt. Woohoo. Um, because I, 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 I'm excited for the shirt. I am. I love the design. I love the idea of having a shirt, but as uh, also, you know, I don't know if anybody else is excited about the shirt. So while I'm sitting here alone in a room, it sounds like, well, now you're like, oh yeah, I've got a shirt with my name on it or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or, and, and, uh, why are, why should, people should be really excited. And then I'm talking myself out of people being excited and I'm a fucking weirdo. Uh, that's why, again, you're getting a show on a fucking Friday afternoon, but, um, 
But fuck it. I'm going to try to avoid that now, even though I've already delved into it. Uh, we're doing a GoFundMe. And uh, like I said, it'll be different prices for international shipping. And what it will be is it, everybody will pay uh, a, to see how many people get want a shirt. And then we get a gauge on exactly how many people want a shirt. So then if like, say, say if only, because I mean, last time I ordered like fucking, I think I ordered like 400 shirts of the Yurt Dirt Dirt shirts. Yurt Dirt Dirt. It was crazy. Because uh, I thought I just, I just, you know, I thought that was the problem as I thought. So this time we've really thought, and uh, if you want a shirt, you'll have to pay for it ahead of time. Not have to, but we want you to. And this will give me a general idea of what I can order. We'll, uh, we'll probably keep the GoFundMe up for a couple of weeks for a few episodes, maybe a month. And then at the end of that month, I'll go ahead and order the shirts. Um, with the goal, I'll tell you this, there will be a goal on the GoFundMe of selling at least 50 shirts. Uh, and if we can, anything over 50 is kind of gravy, but if, if it's 50, then I can order the shirt and make, and it makes sense. And I'll have enough money to order the shirts and stuff. Cause I already looked into the prices and every, all the other fucking bullshit. So Max and I have been going back and forth on this and, and, and we want it to happen. It's going to happen, but it all depends on, on if people, if there's any demand. Cause that's the thing is I don't want to order shit and there's no fucking demand for it. If nobody wants it, that's totally fine. So the way it will work is if you donate to the GoFundMe and we don't hit a goal, of, uh, of like 50, at least 50 shirts, then, uh, I'll just, you just get your money back, you know, because GoFundMe allows me to collect the money and, and, and just pay you back and, and I'll eat whatever the GoFundMe fee is because it's like, it was a failed experiment on my part. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's fine. Uh, <clears throat> cause I, I just, you know, I want to bring you a shirt, but I also, I can't, and it also gives me the money up front. I won't lie to you. I, I don't have a chunk of cash that I can go and just order a bunch of shirts uh, not knowing that I'm going to get, I'm going to sell them right away. So knowing that there's supply and demand that people, if I can sell 50 shirts through the GoFundMe and then I can order, you know, 50 shirts and then send everybody their shirts, that's fine. It's awesome. The money was there and everything works great. Uh, but you know, I, I, I also, at the same time, I, I can't order a hundred shirts and, and have them sit in my house. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't work or 200 shirts or whatever the fuck I ordered last time. So, and also you'll just get, like I said, you'll get your money back. It's a, it's a kind of a no risk deal. You know, it's not like you're funding uh, where you're going, Hey Mike, here's a bunch of money. And then I'm like, ah, we didn't make any shirts, but thanks for the dough. And I scram. Nah, man. I mean, we'll just do it where you'll end the page. will be up there. So you'll be able to see everybody knows who gave me something. And then I'll just, I'll just fucking Venmo everybody back or PayPal everybody back. And I'll eat whatever the fee is from GoFundMe. I mean, whatever I got to do, but, um, yeah, but I'd prefer to order some fucking shirts. And uh, and so if you if you want shirts, and again, there's no page yet. I'm just telling you right now uh, that this is in the works and it's a plan. I, because, again, the show's coming out late on a Friday and you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what the fuck, man? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. I, I When you do something for 12 years, you know, you, you can, uh, even though it's the most important thing in your life, you can also kick it to the back burner sometimes. And... And also, I, I mean, there's a few other problems. Like I said, my body and sleeping and things like that. But I'm, I'm not, I'll share this with you. I mean, uh, this this will sound, well, fuck it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it because I think it's real. I think it's a real thing. Uh, I'm a junkie, okay? And some people get addicted to booze and some people get addicted to, uh, to Coke. Uh, <clears throat> I'm addicted to Twitter. And I'm trying to stop, but I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be on Twitter seven, eight hours a day, reading, scrolling, looking, uh, and reading it. Like I said, like a book, I'm back to doing it. I kicked it for a while, but now I'm back to doing it. And I gotta, you know, I, I've, I've now kind of 
I'm, I've got some books to read. Like I, I know it sounds weird, but I'm trying to do anything to distract myself from plunging into the problems of the world. And also, you know, right now there's, you know, there's baseball going on, there's football going on, there's the hockey has just started. So I dive into that and then entertainment. I saw the Joker. So I was reading everybody's feedback on feedback on that. And I, and I just wound up, you know, I, I, cause I, I last week I did not do a lot of screen time. Uh, I had a friend in town for a week and, and, uh, did a lot of field trip stuff, went out and did things, which was fun. I liked it very much. I, I, I you know, and I, I wasn't so, but here's what I did this week. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, so that I, I, my friend flew home on Tuesday and then I, uh, from Tuesday on just delved into everything I had missed from the past week. That's the thing is I couldn't just hop in, uh, and, and start over. I went back to last Wednesday. I scrolled back in on every page, like website that I visit usually. And I read everything that I'd missed, uh, on Twitter accounts that I really, that I follow and enjoy political stuff, sports stuff, and then sports, sports transaction pages. And it's the same thing I used to do with newspapers when I would buy newspapers and I'd fall behind. And then I told you I would have to spend, I'd spend two whole days reading almost two weeks worth of newspapers. And I'd read them cover to cover. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't bear the thought of missing any information. Now I was reading sports sections that were two weeks old. And these are games that are over that I knew the score of that I didn't need to know anything about, but I, my obsessiveness inside me made me read them. I was like, no, I can't. There might be something here that I need to fucking know. And, uh, and that still lives inside me to a certain extent. You know, the, the, one of the greatest reliefs I, one time I, f- I felt like almost a month and a half behind newspapers one day because the internet was taking over my, my news consumption. So I had a month and a half and I was buying three newspapers a day, LA daily news, LA times, USA today, and they were here stacked. And so what I would do is I would sort them and I would throw away the classifieds in the business section that I was never going to fucking read. I would save all the shit I was going to read. And so that would stack up. And finally it there came to this, this revelation where I just went, you know what? Fuck this. And I threw everything away. And it pained me and I didn't want to do it, but I was like, this is not going to do anything for you. First, I started to just throw away sports sections and read the entertainment section and the news section. And then I went just because I used to write topical jokes. I would tear out articles or whatever or circle passages. And then I went, just throw this shit away, throw this away. And I did. I fucking threw away almost two months worth of newspapers rather than reading them. Now, I know that sounds to you like a no brainer, but for me, it was, it was almost like a physical pain. Like I was nauseous because I was like, because it was all money I'd spent, you know, it was a buck a day. So that's, that was like 75 bucks I threw away easy night. Well, yeah, counting Sundays and shit like that. It was, uh, it was a hard thing for me to do, but I did it. Uh, but now with, with Twitter and all the other websites and stuff on the internet, I, I, Tuesday night, I jumped back in and I scrolled back a week. So I'm reading week old sports takes. I'm reading week old news. I'm reading week old tweets. I'm reading week old and I'm, and I'm catching up and I'm staying up and I'm reading it and then I'm sleeping and getting up and I'm going right on the screen again. And, uh, and also Facebook and then, and Instagram and whatever. I'm just, I'm just, I do it because I, you know, I, I, I pretend I'm like, oh, well, you know, if it wasn't for this, for my career, if it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't be on Facebook. And I, but I'm in reality, I do enjoy it and I'd like to enjoy it like a normal fucking human being. But instead I have so it's like, it's why I I eat chocolate bars or why if you give me, if you're like, Hey man, you want a cookie? That's cool. Thank you. But I want to eat the entire box of cookies inhaled motherfucker. If I get a bag of chips, I'm going to inhale that bag of chips. And there's something inside me. I don't know if it's just a fat little kid. I don't know what the fuck it is, but there's something inside me that has to consume, uh, in mass quantities. I can't just go, Oh yeah, I can't be, I can't be a little interested in something. I, I just do a fucking dive. And even though it's useless, it's just, you know, and here's, I, I recognize this too. It keeps me from 
working. I know this not much about myself too. I'm able to put off working by doing these other things. I, I, I find any reason to avoid doing the work that I'm supposed to do. And this is a fucking problem, man. And this is shit I got to work again. That's why the show's coming out on a Friday afternoon. And you've heard me go ahead and talk about this before. But again, the show's about my life, so you need to hear about it. It's, um, and it's another reason why, you know, I was making real good progress until July 1st. Like, I had lost like 27 pounds this year. And I haven't weighed in in the past couple of months because I don't want to. Because I know I've backslid and I haven't done cardio and I haven't worked out the way I was supposed to. I, a week here and a week there. But uh, but I, I, because here's something I will do. And it's just, and you don't, again, these are just windows into my soul. And I apologize. Um, I'll be on screens. I'll be reading. I'll be doing whatever. And then I'll be like, all right, you got to do a fucking show, dude. Now bring up audacity. And I'm like, and I'll start and I'll be like, wait, hold on. And then I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to eat something. And I will find any excuse to eat uh, rather than work. That also takes the place of the screens because it's comfort. I, I would love to, I lose myself in sports. I lose myself in, in food rather than having to do the thing I'm supposed to do. Now, this is all rooted in childhood bullshit. And I'm trying to sort it out with Shannon, whatever the fuck. But I, I tell you about it now again. Because uh, by way of apologizing and, and I know words are cheap, as I've said before, and good intentions mean fuck all, but I, I really am trying. I know it sounds strange. I want to do the show Monday or Tuesday. I want to get it done. So it's out to you guys on Thursday morning and it will be, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. And I know you're thinking, well, Mike, if you're doing a show on Friday and then you get to do another show on Monday, the turnaround time is fucking weird. Like I've even thought to myself. Because you know why I make it this monolith in my head where I'm like, oh man, Jesus Christ, I got to sit there for at least an hour and a half or two hours. I've got to do that. And then I'm like, well, fuck yeah, it's, it's just, you got to just do it. It's for one for the week, do it because then when it's done, I'm fucking crazy happy last week's show dudes. It was a fucking home run for me. It was just, it was an hour and a half of nonsense, which I love. I love doing that shit when it's just running downhill and I'm not really exactly telling you fucking stories and I'm just kind of making shit up off the top of my goddamn head and talking at the speed of my fucking skull. I love that kind of thing. That's the thing I really love to do. But then in my head, I just go, wait a minute. You didn't tell any stories in this show. I always find a way to, to backdoor myself into feeling disappointed. And then I put a show out and I might get like two emails or whatever the fuck from people going, man, that was a great show. And I go, great. But I mean, I know how many people downloaded it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, those people hated it. Jesus Christ. And, and I, it's, I know it's ridiculous. I'm just telling you. I don't know if you guys have this with your projects, things that you do on your own, where you just go, yeah, maybe nobody fucking liked that. They must have fucking hated it. I didn't hear from anybody. You know, Mex and I go through this all the time with like the interlude or whatever, or a song or a fucking photograph. You know, on Facebook, it'll get like five likes or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And Mex will be like, yeah, that's fucking weird. And then I just go, dude, it's just Facebook. We just have to fucking. And, you know, we can't, it's not that big a deal. We can't fucking think about it that way, but it does, it does play on your skull. It plays in your fucking head a little bit because, you know, and again, you don't give a shit, but here's me swinging my dick around. I do essentially at least a 90 minute comedy album every week. Uh, and, and I need to recognize to myself for my own edification that that, that is prolific, whether it's all funny or all good, who the fuck knows case in point, this fucking conversation. But at the same time, uh, I do it. And I've done it for 12 fucking years and I need to own that and, and fucking go. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Instead of going, well, maybe nobody liked that one. And I didn't hear from anybody. I gotta go. Fuck you, man. You, you just, you do it every fucking week and you churn it out and you make it fucking work. It's goddamn good work. You're doing good work. But then also at the same time, I will tell you, I do a show like I did last week where I fucking crush it out of the goddamn park and I finish and I edit and I put it up and I'm like, yeah, man. All right. Woof. And then I go, ah, you got to do that again in six days. 
And, and it's the same mentality that when I lost 235 pounds, when the guy goes, you got to lose just like, you got to lose 40 more pounds and you'll be fucking, fucking killing it. And instead of going, yeah, man, 40 more pounds. I went fucking 40 more pounds. I've lost 235 pounds, man. Where's my attaboy? Where's my hand job? Somebody fucking tell me I did a good job, please. Uh, even though he had said, dude, you're making amazing progress. You only got to lose 40 more pounds. And we're rocking. I didn't hear the first part. All I heard was you got to still do this. And I was like, when will it end? When will the work end? When can I stop working? When in reality, you can't until you're fucking dead until there's no more breath left in your body. You're still moving forward and trying to be a shark and get this shit done, man. But you fucking constantly talk yourself out of it. And I don't know why. There's this flaw in my fucking brain that I, I maybe I need fucking shock there. But, you know, I said I was that, that Jenna Jameson was Jennifer Conley waiting for a fucking phone call. Maybe I'm Ellen Burstyn from what for, for, for a dream. Go ahead and sponge up my temples and shock the fuck out of me. Make it fucking work. Spoiler alert. So letting you know that that's uh, that was, that's a little bit of the haunted bullshit that honks around in my fucking head, you know, and and, and uh like I said, it's, I, I always find a way to tell myself it's not good. I'm like last week. It was fucking awesome. It was, I even you know, here's what I did. You know what I did last week? You know what I did? I fucking listened to last week's show. I was so happy with it and proud of it. I listened to it in the car and I was laughing, dude. I was fucking laughing out loud. I'm like, God damn. Yeah. It was like this nice little tonic, this nice little refresher that reminded me I'm good at this or I do good things. Um, and I should listen more often. I should listen every fucking week. Cause maybe then I wouldn't be talking about the same shit over and over all the time, but it just, it just, uh, you know, it's, you, you get in your own fucking way and I get in my own fucking way. So, so hopefully, you know, you've all been very kind up to this point and, and nobody's really written me to go, hey, what the fuck, stupid? And, and I appreciate that. Um, although I'll tell you what, if people would write me to say, what the fuck, stupid, but they hadn't written to say good show, I, I think I'd lose my fucking mind. I, I literally, I think I'd be like, wait a minute, you take the time to give me the what the fuck, stupid over the fact that my show was a day late, but you haven't told me in two years that I did something funny. Uh, because maybe, well, then maybe don't, they don't think it's funny. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. But they just, maybe they just like hearing it. Maybe they hate listen. Maybe there's people who hate listen. We're like, what the fuck, man? Where's my, uh, my weekly hate listen, you dick. Uh, and I can't argue with that. That's fine. So, uh, so t-shirts are available <laughs> for this entire fucking scrambled enterprise. What the fuck is wrong with my brain? Uh, they're, they're going to be, as soon as I get the GoFundMe page up, I'm going to do that. And if you want a shirt, that'd be cool. And, and if you don't, that's totally fine. Again, this is an experiment. Uh, these are all. We're, uh, keep it indie with Mike Schmidt. I don't have uh, a media company. I don't have guys finding me sponsors. I don't have someone planning t-shirts and, and putting it all in fucking motion. It's me and David. I give him a call. If he's available to help me out, which he usually is, he'll come up with roughs and we figure it out. And uh, it's just me having to commit to the actual idea of putting it. And I came up with the GoFundMe idea uh, with David where we were like talking back and forth. And I, I said, you know, I, he was, cause I had pitched him on a t-shirt. He's like, nah, he goes after that year, dirt, dirt thing. You shouldn't fucking do any shirts. Like he was, been, he's been kind of fighting me on it. And finally I went, look, here's this idea. Um, and I, you know what? It was funny. It was Jimmy Pardo who gave me this idea. Uh, because I, I'll just tell you when I won this, this chunk of cash for winning the fantasy league, he said to me, he's like, man, this is, this is a pretty nice chunk of change. And I was like, yeah, I said, I don't usually get my hands on this kind of a chunk of change at one time. So I'm going to use it for something. And, and, uh, and I said, I, I'm going to make some t-shirts and, uh, you know, me, even Max was like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I know you're kind of on a razor's edge over there, man. Is it smart to make fucking t-shirts with this money? And I, I just, if I don't do it, I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm never going to, you know, I don't, I don't get big sums of cash, you know what I mean? With, with any regularity. So, and that's what it takes to make the shirts. It's, it's, you know, last time I did it, it was probably like two grand or whatever the fuck. So, uh, and, but of course I made a fuck ton of them. So I, I, I just, 
But if I don't do it, I'm not going to do it. And I've, I've wanted to do it. Fuck. On the Patreon page, I promised people a 10th anniversary shirt. This is year 12. What the fuck, man? Oh, and by the way, I should say this. If you if you donated that level on Patreon, you're getting a shirt. You don't have to buy a fucking shirt. I think there's only like five of you at that level and above. Uh, so you got a shirt coming in and it's on me, and but it's on you because you paid for fucking two years of Patreon. So fuck, who cares? It's, 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 believe me, it's way too fucking late. So if you're a Patreon person and you're in that tier or the tiers above it, you got a shirt coming. So cool. Um, but I just, uh, I don't get my hands on this sort of thing. So I wanted, I want, I've, I've been talking about doing a shirt for again, two years, literally the 10th anniversary shirt. I had an idea for it. I pitched Max on it and we just, it just went by the fucking wayside because it's hard to fucking do that. So, uh, so then when I said to Pardo, I was like, yeah, I go, I'm actually going to do something with this. I think I'm going to make t-shirts for the show. And he's like, well, you know, I, I know what's going on. Cause again, everybody knows that I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking broke. I mean, every other show is like, Hey, I don't have any insurance, so I can't go to the doctor, but now I'm going to make t-shirts. I understand. Yes. I it's, it's weird. And it's the coin flip that is my fucking life. And I know you're going to yell at me and some people are going to write me. Cause even David was like, you just did a fucking show, man. You know? And I, I, I know, I know, but, um, but the way I've, I've always said it, and I've said it my whole life, and this is probably explains why I'm fucking poor. Money comes and goes, but memories last forever. T-shirts are tactile. And, uh, and I want to do it. It's a cool thing to do, and I want to do it for the fucking show, and I want to do it for you guys. You listen, and, I, and, and you're cool, and you support, and you buy it, and, and, and that makes me happy. Um, and when I say keep it in with Mike Schmidt, this is the, this is the best move. You know, I got, I talked to David, we try to make the shirt work and, and then we do it this GoFundMe way. I'm, I'm, these are different experiments to see what we can do going forward. And yeah, should I, should I, you know, sock the money away for the next disaster? Probably, but I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I need to make the shirts, but then Pardo was like, Hey, uh, what if you did this where you ask people to pay for the shirt ahead of time? And then, and then you'd know how many you had to order. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, that's a fucking cool ass idea. And these, and he's like, yeah, then you'll have the cash on hand even to order. I was like, fuck, that's fuck. Yes. So I thought about it. I checked in it because I wasn't going to do a Kickstarter, but I thought GoFundMe is a perfect venue. Like I said, I'll eat the 8% or whatever the fuck. If it doesn't turn, if it's if it a failed experiment, that's fine. But, um, but we're going to do it. So keep, you know, watch this fucking space. Eventually we'll have an idea up. We'll have a page up. And if you want to buy a t-shirt, you can. And if you don't, that's fine. If we don't get enough sold, no problem. You get your money back. That's the whole deal. It'll be, it'll be right there in the copy. Uh, you know, I ain't going anywhere. Where the fuck am I going? I've been here 12 years. What if this, what if this whole thing was a long con to get your fucking, to get 80 of you to pay for t-shirts and I fucking disappear? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know what I need? I need this, this $2,800 so I can start a new life in fucking New Mexico. That's where I'm going, baby. I'm going to go to fucking Santa Fe and open up a hatch chili farm. Uh, so that I'm excited about that. So I won the fantasy baseball thing. And, uh, and like I said, I was like, I'm going to use this chunk of money to do, um, to do the t-shirts. And then it wound up with all that back and forth and talking to David and talking to Pardo. I'm going to do this GoFundMe instead. So I still have the, you know, uh, although I've paid some bills recently, but I, I, I still have a chunk of money from my, my fantasy baseball. And then I was like, all right, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do with this money? I got to do something because there has to be something I do for the show. And I was like, you know what? I can book some theaters in January and February. I can look into doing that. But I went, you know what? That doesn't make sense because that'll eat up a lot of it. Like if I, if I book, cause then I got to book a theater, I got to book plane ticket. I got to book Airbnb. Um, and then I got to put tickets on sale, all, all that stuff. I was like, you know, this doesn't, I'm not sure if this works. And then I thought to myself, well, yeah, but you're talking about touring. This makes sense. Go ahead and find some dates. And then in my brain, I went, you know what? 
There's something I've been threatening to do since fucking 2010, 2011. Uh, and that's go overseas and try to do a show. Uh, so I've, I've, I have people in England who've asked me to come, you know, I have people in Australia who've asked me to come and, uh, you know, I went to Japan. I was lucky enough to go to Japan. Ahmad was very nice and we wound up going on that trip. It was incredible. And there's, there were two places in my life that I've really wanted to go. And I've wanted to go to Japan and I've always wanted to go to Ireland. So I, uh, I thought to myself, I go, well, I could probably do Ireland. Maybe that could be a thing. And I, I'm not joking. I get this chunk of cash and I do the thing with the shirts and I think for a couple of days and then I'm like, you know what? I could make Ireland work. Like I, I, I don't know what I would do, but right. And then I'm like, well, do I just book a vacation to Ireland? How the fuck does this work? And I got to look into money and I, I don't know if I need a work visa, all this bullshit. And I'm not kidding out of the blue, this fortuitous, I get an email from a listener uh, my friend, our friend Jay Alexander and his wife, Laura, they, you know, they saw me in Detroit, I believe. Um, and, uh, and they, they live in Ireland now and completely independent of, of this happening. If I remember, if, and I could be remembering this wrong, he's going to fucking write me or whatever. Um, he wrote me and he's like, Hey man, uh, you know, if I just, he had, he had thrown out the invitation. Hey, if you're ever here, you know, you, we could show you around, whatever. So now he, he writes me and he's like, Hey man, we have a guest house. If you ever wanted to come to Ireland and you could just stay in the guest house for free. And, uh, it just happened to come at the perfect time. So I wrote him back and I'm like, look, if you're serious about this, like I'm, I'm actually considering doing this because also his, his, his wife, Laura is starting to do stand up, and he said, there's some pubs. I could do a show there. Um, and I was like, all right, well, let me, let me check. And so I'm, I, I'm fucking doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to Ireland for 10 days in April, May of next year. And what I'd really like to do is I'd possibly like to get over to England and do a show in England as well. Cause I also, for me again, Europe to me is like, it's so small. I'm like, Hey, all the English people will come to Ireland and see me. No, they won't. It's like 400 miles, but I can myself, I can do a show in Ireland, maybe one weekend and then do another show in England. Another weekend. I looked at airfare and it's, ridiculously affordable and it comes right under the umbrella of what I wound up getting from fantasy baseball. And it works directly in service of me using a chunk of that money for the show, for my career. You know, I had been looking into Edinburgh. That was one of the things Edinburgh is next August. And I wanted to try to do as many shows as I could here and prepare something to do Edinburgh and try to do the fringe. But I looked into that and that's fucking like 10,000 euro. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, and look, it could be less than that. It could be 6,000 euro, but you're looking at a fly-in. You got to stay there for a month. You got to put yourself up. You got to, uh, you got to find a venue. It, it looks daunting. Now I've been to the website. I've read it. I've been looking and I, I still have not given up the hope or the idea of possibly going there in August and doing that. I haven't, but I, I, that is a, that would require a, a real outlay. And I would really have to, you know, I, it's weird. Like I'd need money to tour here in order to get ready to do that there. I can't just go there fucking blind and go up and whatever. Uh, although I could, I mean, I can get on stage and ramble, but you gotta have a fucking show to present to people. You gotta get posters. You gotta get the whole fucking deal. You can't just go to the fringe and go, Hey, I hope somebody comes. Otherwise you're sticking your dick in a fucking wood chipper for a month. No, you gotta make sure it works. Uh, but anyway, Edinburgh's a pipe dream. It's something I'm looking at still. And, and again, like I said, I'm, I will be coming to a city near you next year because again, it's the year of, I will 2020. We're doing this. I'm getting on the road. I'm getting up on stage in LA. I'm doing more stuff. 
it's time to, because this show is me here in my apartment talking to you, it gets to be, um, it's, it can sometimes no longer be a living thing because I feel stagnant sometimes sitting here talking into a microphone at my desk to you guys. When as I, when I would go to Lily's house, I was making somebody laugh. She was there. She was in person. It was, it was instant feedback. It was working. And then by making her laugh, I knew the show was working. So I was cool with it. I mean, I, I, I was fine whether, and I'd loved feedback from fans. I wanted people to like it, but if I made Lily laugh, then I knew the show worked that week. Or if I made Lily cry, or if I made Lily emotional, whatever the fuck, I knew what the show was because I was playing to an audience of one who was essentially your surrogate. So I judged her reactions uh, to be your reactions. But now, uh, talking into space, all I'm hearing are slamming fucking doors. Sometimes a ceiling fan. So I don't know if anybody's digging this fucking thing anymore. So I just wind up talking into space, and that's why I like doing shows when Ahmad and Jeremy were here, or when Justin was, uh, I was at Justin's place, uh, or up in Canada, even though I fucking stepped on my dick with that by making everybody go at midnight and listen to me. But still, I, I prefer the feedback. And so here's an easy way to get feedback. Go to a show on stage. Be in a room with real people. Go ahead and get live feedback from real people instead of just fucking sitting in a crypt and talking, you know, I, I, uh, I have to get back out. And so this week was a bad one. I, I, you know, from, uh, it was, it was great until Tuesday afternoon. And then I just, I hung out here and I read, I read, I, all I did was I, I regurgitated the past all over myself and, and brain froze myself because I was like, well, you know, last week's show. And i just, I just did that thing. And I got to stop doing that thing. We all know this. Nobody likes that thing. Other than uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, Lauren Hill. Is she, is she like it? She probably does. That thing, that thing, that thing. Sour. Uh, still, you, you can't do that thing. You got you to gotta, you gotta do other things. You got to do all the things. You got to go live life. And I lived life last week before Tuesday. Like, uh, you know, from, from when I recorded last week's show until Tuesday, I lived life. And I'll tell you more about that next week. But this week is more about me. Uh, well, I was going to tell you more about it until Maitland Ward showed up and we talked about her porn career, which fucking apparently I look, it apparently needed to get out of my head. I needed to talk about it. I wish I wish I could pretend that that was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that at all. It just kind of well, apparently I've been pondering that for for months because it came flying right out of me pretty easily, didn't it? I gave birth to that baby super fucking quick. There were not even any contractions. The fucking doctor had a catcher's mitt and it shot the fuck out. Uh, but shirts are coming and, uh, Europe I'm coming and America I'm coming. And, uh, I I hope you'll come see me. I'll hope you'll buy shirts. I hope we can, I hope we can keep it indie with Mike Schmidt on a, on a larger scale. And, uh, and, and, uh, I will, I will be there. I will be in Ireland in April and May. I will be hopefully in England in April and May, but Ireland for sure. And, uh, and I will have shirts and I will have, uh, and you will be excited. And, uh, I, I'm excited. I know it sounds like I'm not, I know it because I'm, because I criticize myself and I put myself in the fucking, in the law machine and I get mad at myself. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy and, uh, it's good to be happy and it's good to be excited and you can talk yourself out of those things. But uh, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can not to defeat myself before I even get started. I mean, I'm, I'm at the fucking starting line. I'm in the crouch. 
And, uh, and I'm also in the referee outfit and I've got the gun. And <laughs> one of me is waiting for the other to pull the trigger. And, and I haven't, and I can't, and I didn't, and I shouldn't, and I wouldn't, and all of those things echo through my fucking head. But fuck that, man. In 2020, I will pull that trigger. I will take off from that starting line. Bang. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. That's where I live again, though. I have a castle in Brooklyn because that's where I'm from. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat. Why am I there? Certainly. Why? Who do I follow on Snapchat? Important people like our friend Christy and our friend Rob and other folks. Uh, I'm friends with them and I see their posts. Our friend Lisa in Pennsylvania. I see all of them. I see her out with her lovely uh, youngsters. Uh, I exist on Instagram and Snapchat. Mike40YOB. That's who I am. Mike40YOB. Find me, please. I'm there. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. I know you're like, well, Mike, didn't you just say you got to get up social media? Yes, it's a different thing. I enjoy because also I'll tell you this. I've been on social media, but I have not been I've not been responding to people like I have texts that I haven't responded to in my phone because I buried myself in in a week's worth of fucking garbage that I didn't need to read. But I did because my brain doesn't feel complete unless I'm completely caught up and I know everything. And that's the thing I got to fucking shake. So if you've sent me a text and I owe you a text, I apologize. I will get to you. I promise. Um, but even on, I tried to go, like I went to Facebook. I even, I posted on the fan club page. I posted a picture of weird chips that I found. And I was like, Hey man, I've been in kind of an absentee landlord here. And I'm sorry about that. And people were very nice. You're all very understanding. I really want to get to the point in this relationship where I don't have to ask you to be understanding all the fucking time. It would be nice if I did what I was fucking supposed to do. And I know it's 52 year old man saying that and what the fuck, but, uh, you know, sometimes your, your head gets full of fucking pea soup and you got to hack through it with a machete. Uh, which seems weird. Wouldn't you rather swim through that or drain it? I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I'm mixing analogies. But anyway, Instagram and Snapchat, Mike40YOB. I'm there. Find me along with the other aforementioned social media palaces that I, I can preside over. Kingdoms, if you will. Ryan Dirks does all of the web stuff for this show. Find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and go watch him be a square dance caller wherever he exists. He's cool. He's our guy. And our friend David Mex Hernandez is our guy. David is, uh, you know, he's been around a long time. I don't know what the fuck that even means, but he's there. Reach out to him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend on there because when you're his friend on there, you can peruse his artwork and see all the cool ass artwork he's done for me for the Westside 86 Jokers fan club page, which you can join as well. Uh, all the characters he's created for his closed group. That's right. His closed group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Everything's fucking dumb. Uh, that exists on Facebook. And what you want to do first is you want to become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And then you can request to become part of the closed group. And then he will send you three questions and then you will answer them. And then you will be welcomed with open arms into the world of uh, of, a, of a Christopher Hitchens Weeble and, and also a, uh, a, guy, a guy named Slumpus. They all exist in there. Burned guy is there. And uh, a lot of people posting memes and fun stuff. So please go be as inappropriate as you possibly can at this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I dumb. But first, you got a friend, our buddy David, and check out his artwork and then ask to be a member of the uh, of the group. 
Now, I mentioned checking out his artwork, but there's a, there's a reason for that because he's also working hard on artwork for people. Uh, he told me the other day he was very busy writing up mocks and, and roughs for other people as well uh, because people are ordering his work, and I, I'm glad for that. You can go to his website, artbydmh.com, and go ahead and check out previous corporate work that he's done. You can check out his Valscapes and his Gaikons, see the kind of corporate work he did for one of the largest advertising agencies in the world a million years ago. And, uh, and you'll see that stuff and go, Ooh, ah, and then on Facebook, you'll see the actual characters he's created for his page. The stuff that he's done for our page, the many incarnations of little Schmitty as Gary Newman or little Schmitty as a porn star or little Schmitty having a Facebook guillotine chop his head off. All of that stuff exists. You can see all of those and fuck. Honestly, if you're my friend on Facebook, you can look through all my profile pictures. And if you can get past my goofy mug, you'll find the paintings from a year ago. And that's when he was doing paintings for the show every week. But those exist. Check them out. Why not? They're there for you to look and see. Uh, But uh, like I said, though, you can hire him to do anything you want for you. He'll do oils. He'll do watercolors. He'll do your Facebook caricature. But you need to hire him through uh, his. Well, like I said, contact him through Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. But to get a really good idea of what he can do for you, if you want a corporate type of style stuff, because he can do some freehand sketches. He can do just some regular paintings. But also, if there's something you want that's in detail and you don't think he can do it. First of all, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. He can fucking do it. But if you want proof of that, you got to go to his website and see all of the just the wide spectrum of stuff that he's created. That's art by DM. H.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. I was dreaming when I wrote this. Forgive me if it goes astray. But when I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was judgment day. Them fall, they stand. 
and a savoir-faire. No one in the whole universe will ever compare. I am yours now and you are mine and together we'll love through all space and time so don't cry. One day all seven will die. Everybody's got a bomb, we could all die any day. But before I let It's 1999. 1999. 1999. Sponsors, we got them. Uh, out there lurking, we have our lovely sponsor, of course, Fearful Jesuit, who was very nice and sent me a note to find out if I was dead. <clears throat> a lot of people did. <laughs> I'm enjoying I'm enjoying inspiring wellness checks all over this great land of ours. That's what you aspire to do when you're 52 years old. I'll tell you, this, this is a fucking funny story. I went to UFO last night, and uh, it, was, it was crazy fun. I went with my buddy Pat down in Orange County. So uh, I, I just go for the, for the 82 miles in the car round trip with my boy Pat. UFO is great. I've seen them five times now. I saw them in 1981 on the mechanics tour. I think it was 81, 82, maybe Uh, 81. Also, they did a show at the International Amphitheater in Chicago that was broadcast live on the loop. And I taped that on cassette and my brother and I wore the fuck out of that cassette. We played it over and over, dude. Uh, So I like UFO. I've seen them uh, three times here in uh, L.A. I've seen them twice with Pat now. We went to the key club and there's the famous story where Pat just went into UFO's dressing room. He's like, Hey, I'll be right back. And then he snuck in the back of the key club and he told me, he's like, I'm in the dressing room talking to the fucking drummer. The guy thinks he knows me. And I'm like, Hey, I've never met you, dude. It was like, he has the worn off UFO that he's a stranger, which is funny to me. Um, but I, I just go because again, experiencing a concert with Pat is totally fun, especially when it's a band he loves and he loves UFO. I think this is like the seventh time he's seen them or something like that. Uh, my computer just made a weird noise and I apologize. Holy fuck was that weird. Hopefully no more noises happen. <laughs> See, this is the danger when you're sitting at a, uh, there's like, I've got the, t- you know, the game tower. I've got the laptop rolling. Eh, it's just, and danger seems like a strong word too. Uh, it was just a, but that was a fun noise. Wasn't it? I, you know, I aspire to have that noise in the show more often. Perhaps I'll get a soundbite of it. And I'll just drop it in whenever I want. Uh, um, so I went to UFO last night with Pat. Totally fun. Uh, they did a song. Yeah, the, the set list was good. Uh, they played all the songs you'd want them to play. The Shoot Shoots, the Cherries, the, uh, you know, the of course, the Lights Out, the Rock Bottoms, the Doctor Doctors. Uh, but they also played Baby Blue, which is a song that lays me the fuck out. And uh, it hit me pretty hard last night. But, uh, you know, that's, that's life. That's what people say. Uh, you're riding high on Monday, shot down in May. Uh, but if you're riding high in April, I know. But I think David Lee Roth said you're riding high on in Monday. On Monday, shot down in May, and that's why I always thought that was the words. Then I heard Sinatra's version uh, in the Joker movie, 
and uh, and I heard it was your riding high in April shot down in May. And it, it hit my ear wrong because I'd always heard it as Monday, 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 Monday at US 30 drag strip. I've seen Joker twice. Uh, and again, I, I won't spoil here. Some people have written me and said they saw it. We've talked a little bit on uh, on the chatting boxes, on the sh- social mediums. I, I know I said those all wrong and I did it on purpose. Uh, but if you'd like to know what I think, write me because, again, I don't want to ruin it for people. There's a, there's a neat little moment in Joker. I'll, I'll just share this with you because, again, this is what I'm talking about with people. And, and uh, they don't fucking think because everybody's got their own fucking agenda. They got their own Facebook page. It's their own. I can broadcast to the world. My newspaper. Bah, 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 bah. Here's my thoughts on Joker. It's fuck you, Mr. And Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Nobody needs to hear your fucking opinion on Joker. Or they do. That's the thing is then I think, well, then why does anybody want to hear my opinion on Joker? Oh, whatever the fuck. This is the welcome to my conundrum. Welcome to my nightmare. Do, 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 do. I think you're going to like it. Do, 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 do. I'm sure I'll make you feel right at home here. Hi, Alice. Um, so there's a, there's a neat little moment in Joker. I don't want to give it away. But it's a, it's a fun thing if you notice it. Little Easter egg, uh, whatever. <clears throat> and it's not blatant. It's just in there. And the day after Joker came out, a guy I know on Facebook wrote, uh, he put it on his page and he's like, isn't anybody going to talk about the fact that, and then he says the thing. And, uh, and look, I, this person is a lovely person. He and I have had great interactions. I'm sure he's a nice man, but, uh, I was just like, fuck you, dude. Uh, it's, it's been two days. If that Maybe people haven't seen it, and now they're not going to discover that fun little thing that's in there because you just blabbermouthed it all over the goddamn Facebook page. And look, it's only for his followers, and maybe people are cool because then everybody chimed in, and they all had their everybody's got again open mic night started, and everybody had their fun little note at the end of it, and good for them. Maybe they had fun, but I'm just thinking of the one person who didn't know that this sort of thing was in the movie, and then they see it, and uh, and they see this guy write this, and then they're like, "What? I, I mean." Because again, it's 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 a nothing moment. It happens. It takes a second. But if you if you see it, you go, oh, okay, and you kind of like you, you smile because it's, that's why it's in there. And this guy just isn't anybody going to talk about this? Well, no, we're not because it's a fun little moment for people to discover within the body of the fucking film itself when they see it over the next fucking two weeks. You fucking hump! What are you doing? Why do you get to be the arbiter? Why do you get your bullhorn out and just go? By the way, here's the end of this moment. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody don't ruin shit. Don't steal joy from people. And when I saw this particular moment and, and I laughed in the theater, I laughed both times I saw it because it's it's just a neat thing. But this guy, isn't anybody going to talk about this? No, because why? All you, the only reason to talk about it is to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. It doesn't move the plot forward or anything. It's just this thing that happens. It drives me crazy. Uh, but, you know, I... I uh, I didn't even know how the fuck I spun off into that. Um, because I saw Joker a couple times. Oh, because I said that's life, and then I went into the Joker thing. All right, who cares? I'm not going to spoil it. That's the point. Uh, but this guy spoiled this one moment, and everybody saw it that now because now they'll see that moment, and it won't it won't have the impact. It won't land the way it should. You know, it's like if you if you mentioned the hummus button at the end of Avengers or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? People be or the shawarma button. Um. By the way, that makes it sound like something it completely is not. How, how, I'm just going to ask you this right now. As a human being, how much do you pay for a hummus button or a shawarma button in your house? How much? How much? I, if I had the cash, I think I'd pay a million dollars to have a button that I pushed that just delivered hot and tasty shawarma anytime I wanted it. Holy fuck, would that be great? A shawarma button? Bing. 
shawarma unloads right into my mouth, chomp. Like a fucking Pavlovian dog response. Bing. A little biscuit shows up with some shawarma. I'm in. Um, so don't spoil shit, I guess is my point. Even if you don't, even if you think you're being cute or you're, you're not spoiling, because well, then, because uh, I'm sure he'll say it had nothing to do with the plot. It had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I know, but it's a neat thing. Don't spoil neat things. Don't spoil fun things. Or at least say, hey, did anybody else see this? Spoilers coming. And then, you know, whatever the fucker go, hey, DM me. I really want to talk about this because that's the thing is we all really want to talk about it. Hey, man, I would love to do a whole show about the Joker. And I know everybody's like, well, why don't you do one for fucking YouTube? Yes, I know. I get it. Um, but it's, it's cause that seems daunting to me. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Uh, I did that one Joker thing that standalone sting. Maybe I'll unearth that fucking thing. That's a year ago. Literally this movie's out now. And it's a year ago this week that I put out that standalone sting about the Joker with all of Mex's artwork. Maybe I'll find that and re-earth it, re-earth it, unearth it, re-up it. I'll do all those things. Uh, so I rode down to UFO and UFO was fine. Uh, they were, let's put it this way. They were extremely good. When you consider that their fucking lead singer is 70, he looked dapper as fuck and he sounded exactly the same. He was in good throat. He hasn't, he's not pushing because he's always been that kind of a laconic singer and that's fine. It worked great. His voice sounded really good within the songs. Um, they tore it up. It's their 50th anniversary tour. These guys, you know, that guy's been in UFO for 50 fucking years, man. That's, that's an achievement that UFO has been on the road because they sold out this building I was in last night. They're still selling out because people, they love the catalog. Vinnie Moore was tearing it up on guitar. I understand there are people who are Michael Schenker people, and that's fine. Michael Schenker was a fucking genius when he was a genius, but now he's kind of a fucking scramble head. And Vinnie Moore, he did a solo at the end of fucking Rock Bottom that was like six minutes long, but but not like, it wasn't like they all left the stage and let Vinnie Moore do it. They were still playing like, you know, the fucking rhythm section and stuff of Rock Bottom, but he took the solo and he played about six minutes and he fucking crushed it to the point where like Pat, Pat was up in the pit, you know, he, because he had a photo pass so he could get really close and he was filming and taking, if you if you're not Pat's friend on Facebook and you like UFO, go find his page. Cause he posted a ton of fucking cool ass photos. He was so close. He has one photo. It's all five members of the band. It's fucking great. And, uh, you know, I was, I was in the equivalent of row 20 in a large arena. So, and I didn't need to fight to go forward and pass the only one who had a pass. So I even texted him. I go, dude, stay up there, man. Cause it's, this is one of his bands and like cheap trick UFO. These are bands that he loves. So I was like, dude, don't worry about me. I'm here. I mean, I'm seeing him. It's great. You know, he, I, I'm, I was more than happy to go with him. Cause I said, I just go for the hang UFO is a bonus. I'm there to see Pat. So, uh, he texted me from the pit during Vinnie Moore's solo at the end of rock bottom. And he's just like, OMG. And I wrote him back and I was like, ridiculous. Cause it was, it was, it was damn good. And I just love, it's like when I saw Maiden, man, it's these fucking bands that have been on the road for 40 years, uh, you know, 30, 30, 40 years. And they're having fun. As I've said on this show before, people make fun. Oh, they're playing a fair or they're playing this small building or whatever. Hey man, his job is fucking rock star. Phil Mogg is a 70 year old rock star. Vinnie Moore is a rock star. Uh, all the other dudes in UFO are not rock stars, but they're in UFO and that's all that fucking matters. So never quit. If you want to quit, go ahead. But because that, because this is their last tour because Phil Mogg is retiring and even told the rest of the band, Hey, look, if you want to get somebody else and go out as UFO, it's not going to bother me in the least. How fucking cool is that? He's like, I'm just, I can't do it anymore physically. I don't want to do it. And, and the, here's the funny thing about Phil Mogg. If you've never seen UFO, he has a really dry sense of humor. So like, instead of going like, hello, Anaheim, Los Angeles, what the fuck? You know, all that kind of cliche frontman garbage bullshit. He'll tell a joke or he'll say something really uh, like, you know, uh, uh, hello. Uh, he's very dry Englishman and the crowd has no fucking idea what to make of it. They have no clue. They're just like, who, what is that? Cause he's trying to be erudite. Like literally he's, 
He's the pinky in the air of the devil horn hand. I mean, that that's who fucking Phil Mogg is. He is just, he's bringing a little bit, an element of vel- velvet and class. And, and these people are dumbfounded when he tries some ridiculous joke about, you know, so like 18th century, whatever the fuck, or he'll, he'll make a comment about his shirt. He just... He's a he's a dry Englishman. That's what he is. And so you think UFO like mad? Oh, lights fucking out. But uh, but uh, and I, by the way, if you don't think I'm incredibly proud of, he's the extended pinky on the devil horn hand. That is, I please, I'm a fucking genius. But that's who he is. He's just a classy dude. But he just happens to play UFO fucking songs, and he wrote them all too. He's a fucking lyricist. So uh, it was a great time. We had a really good time. Uh, they were fantastic, tore the roof off. It was really fun. Again, a band, they've been on the road for 50 fucking years and they played an hour and like 40 minutes on the schnoz, uh, nailed it. You know what I mean? They did, I think they did like 16 songs. And again, all the songs you'd want to hear, including baby blue, which I, I wanted to hear, but I didn't need to hear. Um, it was great. It was fantastic. So they were really good. And then I, you know, rode home with Pat. So then Pat and I, when we get together, because Pat is, he has children and he's concerned about the planet. So we were talking and I've been talking to my trainer, John about this too. And, uh, you know, my trainer, John, I, uh, I've asked him about owning a gun. Does he own a gun? Should I own a gun? We've talked about the pros and cons back and forth. You know me. I don't like guns. They seem important. I got, I got no real interest in having a gun, I don't think. But also, and this is probably because of my Twitter addiction, which I mainline directly into my fucking veins through my eyeballs, uh, I feel it might not be a bad idea to have a gun. <laughs> now, It'll be in a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a duck inside of a turkey inside of a chicken inside of a box inside of a safe. But uh, but that, that that's I'm not going to ever use the fucking thing. I'll go learn how to use it like that. Maybe that's better. Maybe I can just go learn how to use a gun. Like, can you rent a gun and shoot at a fucking range? I have no idea. Um, I went to the range one time. I got slide bite and I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. Also, I got bad eyes. So, so I, I can't just pick up a gun and start winging people. I got to wear glasses. Like I need, I need a whole starter kit. I need to fucking, I need my glasses if I'm going to shoot a gun. Otherwise, I'm just going to be shooting in the air, whatever the fuck. So I don't know if it's a good idea. It's, let's put it this way. I don't know if I want one, but I think it might be a good idea to know how to use one. That sort of thing. Because again, the apocalypse is coming. We all know this, right? We all recognize that things are are constantly on the verge of collapse. And I'm going to get a letter from my fen fearful Jesuit going, you know, this is the best time ever to be alive, right? The world has never been better. And I'm going to go, really? I'm going to send you a photograph of this fire that is consuming a city just north of me. And you tell me again how great it is to be here. Uh, now, look, I know things aren't as bad as sometimes I can make them in my head, but I will also say things sometimes aren't as good as fearful Jesuit tries to convince me they are. So we walk that line, we walk that razor's edge, the two of us, as we have a discussion that will be talked about by scholars for years. Uh, <laughs> at least his half will be. Mine will be discussed by cartoon characters for for centuries um, or seconds even. Um, so I, I was in the car last night, we're driving, and then I asked, I asked Pat, I just go, hey man, do you own a gun? <laughs> and he just goes, no. And I'm like, all right, I don't know. And he goes, I got kids I don't want. And I go, I know, but because of that reason, like you've got kids, you got a house, you got a beautiful wife. Like you ever think that maybe you should have one because everything. And he's like, well, I no, of course not. He, and I said, look, I don't want a gun. I think guns are important. And the last thing I want is something important in my life. I like being a child, man. That's fun. Except when it's not fun. High show on a Friday afternoon. But I, I, I say, I just said, you'd want a gun. Do you want any? And, and we talked about the pros and cons of it. And then he, this actually kind of freaked me out. He goes, nah, man. He goes, you can't have a gun. 
I said, well, I, like I said, I'd keep it in under lock and key, but I mean, I, I, it might not be a bad thing and you learn how to use it, whatever. And he goes, no, he goes, no, you don't want a gun, man. Because what if like one night you get depressed and then like you're in your house and things seem bleak and you know, you've got that right there handy. And I go, whoa, whoa, dude. I go, what do you think of me? And he goes, no, he goes, it's not necessarily about you. It's just about anybody. I go, that's a really weird leap to make, Pat. And he goes, well, no, you just think just the very fact that it's there. You're always on on the brink of chaos. Someone's going to get someone's going to get hurt. That's not in there to do anything good in your house. Either someone's going to show up and get hurt or you can hurt yourself. It's just the very fact that it's there and it's within arm's reach. That's bad. You never want that. I go, yeah, but you're making this weird leap where like, You've got a gun in the house and then you get depressed and you think, well, maybe you're going to end it. It's like, I'm, I've never, that's literally never entered my lexicon other than when I was a child. And I was like, I'll kill myself and we'll see who comes to my funeral. No, I'll be sad. You know, when you're a fucking kid, you think those dopey things. But right now, I mean, I got, I get too much shit to, to do where I'm, even if, even if it means just sitting in chocolate uh, or in my, in silence and eating chocolate, I love that a lot more than the idea of death. I mean, I'll be laying in silence in a box, but no, you can't eat chocolate when you're a corpse. I'll try. I'll fucking try. And I'm going to tell this to you right now. If I die. When I die and when I'm gone, I was like, if I die, what the fuck? Of course, when I die and I have like, there's going to be a wake. Let's just do a fucking 40 year old boy fucking wake. And guys put chocolate bars in my fucking coffin. You know, Eddie Van Halen put the original Frankensteiner in Dimebag Daryl's coffin for from Pantera. Now, granted, Eddie was all fucked up on coke and booze at the time. So I don't know what he was thinking, uh, but whatever. Good for him. But I'm telling you, I don't need a fucking strat. I don't need a Frankenstrat. Put a bunch of fucking co- uh, chocolate in my coffin in case I wake the fuck up and I got to stay alive, man. And put it in my mouth. Like, I'm, we're going open casket no matter what the fuck happens to me. Even if I reach for my gun like Pat thinks and blow my fucking brains out. Uh, just just pry open my dead mouth and put a chocolate, a big square of chocolate in there and see if it melts. If it melts, I'm alive. Wake me up. Uh, but yeah, man, I, it was just such an odd. I laughed. I was like, wait a minute, dude, I'm not going to kill myself. That's not why I'm talking. About. And he's like, no, no. And it was it made sense. He's like, if you get a gun, you're never you're never far away from a bad thing happening. And it, it completely made sense to me. I was like, you know what? That I actually, that's a really good philosophy. You know, you're because nothing good comes from guns. It's not like you, again, I, it might've been idiocracy or something where I saw it, where a guy just has a gun. It might've been the Simpsons where the dude has the gun and he just shoots like the top off his bottle of beer. And then he shoots open his mailbox and grabs his mail. You know what I mean? Like you can't, a gun is not a tool that you can use for anything else. You know, if you run, if you don't have a bottle opener, you can use, uh, you know, uh, the heel of your shoe or the countertop or whatever the fuck you can't, but a gun doesn't come in handy ever. It's not like, oh man, I don't have a screwdriver. Hand me that gun. You know, guns are used for one fucking thing. That's it. So it makes sense that you wouldn't want to have them around because you're always tempting danger because the only reason they would be involved is chaos or danger. That's it for people say protection, but look, it's for chaos or danger. All right. Because if someone's trying to break in your house, there's chaos and danger. And that's when a gun comes in handy only in situations of chaos or danger. There's there, there's no protection. There's no, well, I need it for, you know, to keep my family safe. There's no safety or protection with a gun, only chaos and danger. And, and I might be the last guy who should involve himself in chaos and danger, I would think. Uh, so it made sense what Pat was saying, but also at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking eat a lead salad. It's like, I'm just talking about possibly in case the looting begins when the water wars start, should I have eight bullets to try to stay alive for two more minutes before they get me? You know what I mean? Um, but it made me laugh. Like what a weird leap. Yeah, no, man. If you, if you get depressed one night, that's in your house. What the fuck? What? (laughs) Uh, so, so I, I, so fearful Jesuit is our friend. He reached out to me to see if I was okay. Uh, which was very nice of him. He has a podcast. Did you know that? Well, I'll tell you about it every week and I'll tell you about it right fucking now.
The Paranoid Strain podcast is a it's a killer show. It's amazing. It's a debunking conspiracy theories left and right. Our buddy is on there with Dana Unicorn and they're taking them all on. Now, now the show I'm most familiar with uh, was the, uh, the the one that came out a couple of weeks ago where it was about the moon landing. And, and we've talked about it um, when I talked about hearing, you know, a president. He, he has the Mr. Show clip from when they, they're going to blow up the moon. Um, all, whatever. Go listen to that because the. the uh, I, by the way, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. He talks about the conspiracy theory that the moon is hollow. Like I don't know. I don't. I've never heard that in my fucking life. I don't know what fucking banana heads are thinking that the moon is hollow. What the fuck? They they are they just thinking it's like a Truman Show film slide in the air and we're all living in some st- sound stage because it makes no fucking sense. Uh, anyway, so that's so that's there. The moon landing episode is available right now in the Paranoid Story, but also the new episode came out this week. I have not had a chance to listen because, uh, as I mentioned, I've been catching up on the news of the past week because I'm dumb. But the new episode is about uh, anti-vaxxers. And uh, if you want to hear uh, Fearful Jesuit climb into somebody's ass and go to work, you want to hear this anti-vaxxers episode. I'm excited to hear it myself because uh, because fuck those people. You know what I mean? We've got enough problems in this fucking world that you're not going to you're going to make sure your kid gets fucking rubella and ruins his first grade class. What the fuck is wrong with you, Jenny McCarthy? I don't understand her. I don't understand how we turn to her for science. Like Jenny McCarthy's like, yeah, man, nobody should vaccinate their kids. And you're like, oh, well, I've seen her nipples. She sounds smart. Um, and I'm not saying she's not smart, but I'm just saying, like, why did the the Playboy chick take precedence over fucking doctors? And everybody, everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, when they vaccinate, they put aluminum directly into your baby's blood. And oh, my God, shut the fuck up, you weirdos. I, I mean, because, again, the kid can't make the choice. Like, if you, if you choose not to vaccinate yourself, then fuck you good. Then you're, you're eventually going to get the mumps and your whole head's going to look like a goddamn cactus prickly pear. And you're going to fucking die. and It's going to be great. But don't fucking abuse your kid that way. Give your kid the sauce. Give your kid the fucking uh, the special sauce so he can stay alive and grow up. And then by the time he's 20, he can be burned in, in a fireball. That's going to happen. We all know that. Um, let your kid have a gun. Buy your kid a gun. There you go. Instead of not vaccinating the kid, why not buy him a gun? Same fucking difference. Uh, the point is, folks, that uh, our friend Fearful Jesuit, I'm sure he tackles Jenny McCarthy and, and all those other anti-vaxxing idiots in the context of the new episode available now in the iTunes store. Do me a favor. Subscribe to the show in the iTunes store. The Paranoid Strain. It's available now. Uh, leave a review in the iTunes store mentioning us so he knows that you're listening and you've got a, the, the knowledge through us, please. That would be good and great, and I'd be happy and excited. Uh, <laughs> and uh, listen to the show. It's fantastic. Listen to all the past episodes as well, all of them. Like I said, there's the, as the, the moon landing and, of course, the Kennedy assassination, uh, the stuff about just all assassinations, things like, I mean, he's just the posse comitatus, all those fucking idiots, the, the Bundy Ranch idiots, all those dudes come under the jackbooted heel of our friend Fearful Jesuit, and he grinds them into dust. So listen to those old shows now. Go ahead and download them. Subscribe to the Paranoid Strain in the iTunes store. Contact our friend Fearful Jesuit, paranoidstrain at gmail.com, paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note and tell him you think the show's fantastic and shout us out so he knows that supporting the or that sponsoring us still makes sense as we tell everybody about this uh, show that's uh, taking, it's sweeping the nation, if I dare say. It is it is dominating the internet conspiracy theories. It's echoing from Reddit to Ask Jeeves all over the internet. Everybody's talking about it back and fucking forth. The Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the iTunes store. Subscribe today and make sure you're loud about it and tell Fearful Jesuit you did so because I said so. Thanks. Who wants a cameo? I know some people out there want a cameo. They want me to call them and say, hey, what's up, dudes? Uh, I know you want that. Everybody wants that. You want me to call your uh, your brother? 
uh, I'll call your brother now and hold on to people now. Whatever, what's that song? Uh, smile on, I'll call your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another. I'm on the phone. Uh, <laughs> I had to piece that song together. It took, it took a while, but I got it. But you can hire me for a cameo so I can call you and do the, the cool things like that. Uh, like that right there, that song, Jesus Christ. Now you're never going to book me. And I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't book me either after that song. But why not book me? Take a chance. Take a chance on me. ABBA did. They booked me to call them. I called all 15 of those fucking chocolate clock making motherfuckers. Wait, they're Swedish, not Swiss. Uh, I, I called all those meatball making motherfuckers. I called all those Ikea bastards and, and ABBA. And uh, you know what? Because they booked me for the cameo and then they tried to get a refund. And I said, oh, if you change your mind, get to the back of the line. I'm not giving you these $20 you see because I keep 15 and cameo keeps five. All right. Uh, anyway, look, look at the magic you'll get there if you book me for cameo. <laughs> the people at ABBA loved it. Oh, Bjorn and Sven and, uh, and Fjord and Fiona. Uh, who's that fucking chick? I know there's something going on. You know that song? That's a forgotten fucking classic, baby, from the fucking 80s. Phil Collins banging the shit out of the drums and uh, and the fucking Abba chick singing. Her, it's not Fiona. Holy fuck, I can't believe I don't know that song. Fjord? Fjorna? Fjorna. That's who she is. You know who she is? She. <laughs> This is her name. Be Beister, be you, do do do. Beisters of be you. Bork, bork, bork. That's uh, that's the woman, the blonde woman in ABBA. Bork, bork, bork. That's that them. Her being brought on stage by the Swedish chef from the Muppets. He actually emceed her solo tour when she put on that song. I know something's going on. All right, so bork, bork, bork. Beisters of be you. Bork, bork, bork. Anyway, I'm going to stop doing that now because you're hanging up. Uh, but who listens on the phone? Anyway, Cameo, look at all this magic. Look at this stuff I could be doing for you. Do me a favor. Just book me one that I can talk like the Swedish chef the entire time. Mr. The Swedish theory theory. So fucking stupid. I'm old and I'm doing this dumb shit. All right. Uh, although I probably do a better Swedish chef than Henson's kid now, right? It was Jim Henson's birthday this week, and then all these clips went around to the old Muppets, and you're like, that's fucking magic. And then everybody's like, look at the new Muppets, and you're like, they all sound like fucking like bodybuilders. Like, what happened to these people? Even Miss Piggy, and I know it's still Frank Oz, but Jesus Christ, there's something, because these guys get old. Their pipes take it in the fucking chops. <laughs> I want to name the show that so bad, and I can't because it's too late. Their pipes take it in the fucking chops. Hire me for cameo, goddammit. Why not? Give me something to do during the week as I sit and stare and read fucking week old news on a fucking electric tin type. Um, the cameo is an app you can put on your phone. You can go to bookcameo.com, I think it is. But get the cameo app for your phone and hire me to do some stuff. I actually have two pending right now that I have to record for people who are very nice and lovely and are, are patient. And I because I'm trying to formulate what to do, but then I just open the phone and I talk, which is what I need to do. So I'll do that. Those are those are coming. Those are on the way. But thank you for thinking of me, people who booked me for cameos. I've got two uh, right now locked and loaded in the chamber, and those will get done later this evening, probably. Uh, so that's great. Um, so that's cameo. Book me for that. Who wants to be an Uber and Lyft driver? I'll bet it's you. Uh, use my code for Lyft, Mike720057. Use my code for Uber, DJZ. W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. Use those as passengers. It gets me fucking free rides, which is stupid. But if you're going to be a driver, 
Use those codes, Mike, and it's all caps, M-I-K-E-720057. And for uh, for Uber, I think you can go all caps or whatever, but what the hell, just use all lowercase just in case, D-J-Z-W, the number one, Y-T-T-U-E. Go ahead and drive for Uber or Lyft before uh, they're shut down by the government because they're about to be, man. There's, they're literally one step ahead of the fucking shotgun and the subpoena, and that's no way to run a business, but they're doing it. And, uh, you know, there'll be a true test of rich people can get away with whatever the fuck they want in this country. If Uber and Lyft somehow skate through this bullshit by paying some giant fine and still not helping the drivers out, it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, because I don't know, I keep waiting. I keep waiting for the pitchfork moment. Don't you? Don't you keep waiting to see when people are going to go ahead and fucking charge into the street? I don't know. All right. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Go check that out. It's got all the uh, archives of the podcast, and eventually there'll be other stuff on there. There's other stuff on there now. There's some stand-up, some old stand-up, some old roast stuff, and uh, and there'll be clips of Twitch games and all sorts of stuff. There's grandiose ideas for the YouTube channel, but if you subscribe, you'll know exactly when that shit's coming down the fucking pike, right? Right. Uh, and then Amazon. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page, which we all know is the Joe Business page. There's an Amazon link on there. Click on that and do all your Amazon shopping. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. You're buying stuff from Amazon anyway. It exists. It rules the world. Someone put out a stat, a thing that's like, if you literally made $5,000 a day from the time Columbus set sail for the United States, today you still wouldn't have as much money as Jeff Bezos. Not only that, like you wouldn't even have a billion dollars because they're talking about billionaires. They're trying to show how ridiculous billionaires are. And I just, just... I didn't do the math, so fucking if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. But they literally said if you make $5,000 a day from the day that Columbus set out from fucking wherever, Spain, when the Nina, the Pinta, and, and the Santa Maria took off to go get slaves and, and ruin the lives of indigenous peoples and steal gold and spices. If you made $5,000 a day from that day forward to this day now, you still wouldn't have a billion dollars you would have $982 million or something like that. And then Jeff Bezos would still have 11 times your wealth because he's worth $11 billion. All of that said, please use my Amazon link so I can get eight cents. It's very important to me that I get eight cents. So go ahead. You're using Amazon anyway. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. There's an Amazon link there staring you right in the face. Click on that. It doesn't cost you anything, man, except five seconds of finding it. And then you're shopping and I get credit for all the the cool ass stuff that you buy. Bezos is still fucking king shit on Money Mountain and I'm getting eight cents. And that matters, man. That matters. I'm going out on the fucking road next year. As you know, I'm going everywhere, doing everything, taking care of business for everybody who cares. Uh, some of that might not be true, but I'm going to be doing those things. So go ahead and please go to the Amazon page. Let me put the brakes on that. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link. And then, hey, you're shopping. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. And whatever you're buying, I get a taste of the gig. And it makes me happy. And it makes you happy. Hey, you want to give me more direct money rather than just uh, this Amazon floaty bullshit? Well, first of all, I can tell you this. I got a Twitch channel. And uh, I'll be on there later today, although you don't care. By the time you hear this, I probably will be done. But um, you're going to even listen to this. If anybody even listens to this fucking show, because it's late and I, it's, I, it's my fucking fault. But uh, I'll be on Twitch. I've been playing World of Warcraft. I'm looking for other games to play. What I, I, I'm still having trouble learning how to play my PlayStation in the new streaming thing, which I loved because the PlayStation had a billion games and I loved playing them. They were new. They were fancy. They were fun. Uh, and they were finite. Fancy, fun, and finite. That's what I like in my games. I like fancy, fun, and finite because I like a game that has a goal. World of Warcraft has no goal. They're like, hey, go kill a bat. 
and you run 4,000 miles, you kill a bat, you come back and bring his fang. The guy's like, thank you for this fang. Now go kill a mangy critter. You're like, all right. You run the fuck out and you go kill a mangy critter. You come back. He's like, thank you for this pelt. Take these gold bracelets. And you're like, oh, thank you. And then it turns out, oh, you're a mage. You can't have gold bracelets. So instead have water. I don't want refreshing water. I didn't run 4,000 miles to kill a mangy critter just to get a fucking jug of water, you fuck. Plus, I'm an alchemist. I can make my own water. Uh, so, so I'm enjoying World of Warcraft, but I don't want to play it every fucking day. I want to play my PlayStation, but I've been trying to figure out how to get my PlayStation to work in the Twitch. I'm, I'm an old, I'm every second of 52 and whatever the fuck and change. So, uh, so it'll happen, but I go to the Twitch channel. Uh, you know, it's Mike for YLB, 40 YLB or the 40 year old boy Twitch channel. It exists. Go check it out, become a member. And then of course you can follow and subscribe and that gets me money. You can use your Amazon Twitch prime subscription and give me five bucks. That makes me very happy. Uh, and I know I have a lot of fucking balls appealing for money when I haven't been streaming games with any regularity, but you're very nice to think of me and thank you. Uh, the Twitch channel exists, but also the Patreon exists. Check this out, motherfuckers. You can go to Patreon right now if you want to give me more direct cash and subscribe every month to being a patron. Uh, there's all sorts of different levels. There's all sorts of different things going on with Patreon. Uh, that, and I told you, if you're already at a certain level, you'll get a shirt when the shirt happens and, and you can sign up for that. And oh, it's a whole mess. But go to Patreon.com. Look for me, Mike40YOB or the 40-year-old boy or Mike Schmidt, and you'll find me. And there's my big mug on the splash page and become a patron of this show. That'd be fantastic. Um, our friend, uh, you know, I mentioned B-Boy Jags became a, uh, a guy and he wrote me and it's our friend Angelo, who's been a listener forever. And, um, you know, I, Angelo, I, I actually owed Angelo an email for a while because our, our friend Angelo, uh, suffered a loss. Unfortunately, his, his Samantha left us and it was very, uh, it's just too young. It's, it's just, this kind of thing shouldn't happen. I, I don't know. And also talking about it here on the show is is maybe a non-starter. Even writing him, I said, I hope I'm not tearing off scabs here, dude. But I, and I don't know why I've brought it up here, it, other than to say that, um, you know, I thought about that this week too. You, 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 it, it hits you hard. You think about anything could happen super quick. You could lose somebody. You could lose yourself. Anything could go awry. And for Angelo to think of me in this time of unimaginable grief, it it's it humbles me. I'm grateful for it, but it also shames me because I don't work nearly as hard as I should to justify that sort of, um, graciousness. And, and, uh, you know, I, I wrote him a note to thank him, but I wanted to thank him here on the show as well. And I wish the best to Angelo and his family. And I hope they're doing, uh, everything they can to stay strong in this, this terrible circumstance. And, um, you're loved, know that you're loved and please stay as strong as you possibly can. And it's just been that kind of year, man. I'll tell you this. I wound up, uh, this is strange. I I did a, a tourism I did a tourism this weekend. <laughs> I had a friend in town and she, uh, she wanted to go. We went, she wanted to go to forest lawn cemetery to look around. She had, and she had, she had particular things she wanted to visit. Like, I didn't even realize this was a thing to me, a fucking cemetery. Like, no, thanks. I, I got no, I got no parlay with death. I got, I got no interest in it. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't, I don't feel this is me. I'm talking strictly for me here. I don't feel like I'm celebrating anybody by looking at a at a plot of grass with their name on a rock. I just don't. I know there's something spiritual there. I know other people find some sort of uh, comfort and some people have a connection. Our friend Jason, when I was saying this, he reached out and he said that he will actually go and visit his grandmother's grave and he will and he will go and stay and talk. And a lot of you do that. I'm not I'm certainly not saying that's the wrong thing for you to do. Whatever gets you through your life or your grief or lets you process your feelings for the person you lost or lets you continue to echo the love for the person you lost in perpetuity, 
or make you even feel like as if they're still with you and they're not lost. Good for you. Please do anything that comforts you in your time of need. But for me, I've never established any sort of connection like that with death or the afterlife. As I've told you, when I go to wakes, I don't even want to go in the fucking room. I do my best to be as fucking hysterical as I can because I just, I got no, I had to deal with the death of my father at a very young age. And it, it, I think it did something to me in that I've built walls or I've just, I will keep it not just at arm's length. I will keep it at, at, uh, at altitude. Fuck it. I don't want to be anywhere near death. Or, or the celebration or remembrance thereof, even though I will because I know I'm supposed to. And last year was fucking brutal. I mean, I, you know, I, there were a couple, a few that I went through, and, and that leads me to go into Forest Lawn. My friend, she, she, had, uh, she wanted to go see. There's a memorial there. Because, again, Forest Lawn is like the, I, like I told you, I saw John Ritter's funeral taking place from the fucking freeway. Like, it is... It is the place where a lot of celebrities are entombed or buried. And they have, uh, they actually have, I didn't get this, man. There's a whole fucking website that tells you where the graves are so you can find them. There's plot numbers and you can, there's a map that tells you where to walk and what to do and who to see. And Jesus Christ, I, I didn't realize it was that involved. To me, I was just like, I don't, I, it seems macabre and that's fine. But it also, it, it, whatever people need, whatever people want to do, you want to go make a fucking pencil tracing of somebody's headstone, whatever the fuck you want to do. I mean, I, I get that. It's like, hey, man, what's the fucking Hollywood Walk of Fame but just a, a, a graveyard with T-shirt stores? I mean, all it is is a sidewalk with its names of dead people and some living, but so fucking what? These are all, to me, these are all toy tributes. And, uh, and if people find some comfort in them or if people take solace in them or if people are like, if, if living people are like, look at my star on the walk of fame and they find some sort of joy in them, good. I'm, I'm not speaking and saying you're wrong. I'm saying for me, I don't, it's a disconnect for me and it doesn't make sense. But my friend really wanted to do this. And I was like, and I, I'm like, cool, let's do it. I'm in. I've, I've lived here 22 years. Never, I didn't even know you could get on the grounds. Like to me, a funeral home, you, you had to have somebody in the fucking ground to get in there and, and walk around. I mean, I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'm talking only from my viewpoint, my vantage point. I, it doesn't make sense to me that you would want to go to a funeral home or a cemetery if, if you didn't have any skin in the game, but, but it's different for others. So my friend wanted to go and she specifically wanted to find a memorial that they had for Andy Gibb. Andy Gibb was, uh, you know, he was the Bee Gees brother. He had his very own successful, his, his very successful solo career, his own, his very own successful, his own very successful solo career. Um, I just want to be your everything, shadow dancing. Uh, but he died at a very young age. He was a drug addict. He tore himself apart. He did some bad things for to himself, you know, and I don't know if he was me. He was Victoria Principal's boyfriend for a long time. I, I know of him and I know of the songs of his that I like but he has great meaning to my friend. As I've mentioned, nostalgia is an incredibly powerful thing. Uh, I have things from my childhood, like, well, well, case in point, I went to UFO and I heard baby blue and it, it brings me to a place in a person that I, I, I don't, <laughs> that, that does things to me. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a rough song to hear. So uh, the, she, she loves Andy Gibb because when she was younger, uh, his music was very important to her. And, um, 
you know, it, it, she associates it, I'm sure, with childhood or growing up or different scenarios and people you knew. Nostalgia is, is the most powerful thing. Nostalgia and pussy run the world. So it's always remember when and then you're, you're, you're trying to get laid. It's just it's just that's how I feel. That's the fuel that runs the fucking planet. So and, you know, and granted, that's for us. Money and power are for rich people that, that runs the planet for them. But for me, it's nostalgia and pussy. So, uh, so my friend, she had an idea of where he was. So we had to stop at the gate and they're like, oh yeah, no, you can't. The woman, it was funny because it says right on the website on the forest lawn website, ask our gate person. They'll give you a map and they'll tell you where to go. So we asked her, Hey, we're looking for like specific things. The, and we knew the place where it was located. She's like, oh yeah, no, that you can't say any of those. They're all, and I'm like, what do you, it says right on the website. And we said, all right, well, just thanks. We took the map. And, uh, and we said, we, you know, in our brain, we're just, we'll take our chances. So she and I go and we, we drove around. I will tell you this, this was fucking weird. There's real people buried in fucking forest lawn, which makes no sense to me. There's, there's people there's, I mean, the great unwashed are there. I mean, why, what do you, Andy Gibbs in this fucking funeral home? What are you doing here? Roy? You know what I mean? It was just like, I don't, I don't know why real people get to bury their people there because it's supposed to be a celebrity house. This is celebrity death house. You, you walk down the street, to fucking normie death house, but, uh, but there are families there with ill-fitting suits and they're all sad. And I'm like, I, yeah, I guess you're sad, but how sad can you really be when Betty Davis is right over there? You know what I mean? I, I, I know that seems ridiculous, but I just thought it was strange even that you would go to forest lawn. Like what's the, it just seems strange to me. I thought, cause I thought. The whole joint was going to be celebrities. I thought it was just like a fucking death casino with all sorts of people having their own permanent residency, all celebrities all the fucking time. So we pulled in and we're driving past several different funerals and we're look and we, and we you know, I, I felt good because you know what I, I, I made it into? I made it into a challenge and a puzzle to try to find where we were going because we had the map and it was kind of vague, but then I'd see on the curb, it would say like eternal resting and I'd go, okay, we're at the eternal resting. We'd find it on the map and I go, I gotta go, okay, left, right, left. I was, I was having fun plotting it out as like it was a treasure hunt and, and, and the prize at the end was a gold Coke spoon and, and a falsetto. I couldn't wait. So, uh, so we find out that this, it's like the, cele- it's not celebrity. It's the canyons of remembrance or some bullshit. So we walk up, we sit down and there's all sorts of regular people. You know, again, there's, it's a game. It's a maze. There's at the bottom, there's these numbers. And then we have a number for Gib because Forrest Lawn gives it to you. So you're looking, you're trying to match it up, but it doesn't tell you exactly where it is. Then she had a map that had names, but no numbers. So it was fun. It was like a little treasure hunt, except you're trying to find a skeleton. Uh, a celebrity skeleton <laughs> bones, a skeleton. We needed to find it. So we pull up and we sit down. There's a bench, a memorial bench and in my head. I'm like, I don't want to sit on some dude's memorial bench. That seems just disrespectful to Ernesto or whatever the fuck. But we did. And we're sitting and she's looking at the map and I'm looking at the numbers and I look up and right in front of my face, ladies and gentlemen, who's there on the wall, right in front of my goddamn face in amidst a sea of normal names who jumps out at me motherfucking Lou Rawls and I see him and, I, and it, there's no picture just a death date and a birth date and says Lou Rawls and eternal remembrance or whatever and I know what you're thinking because I was thinking the same thing when I got there Mike you'll never find a gravesite like mine someone who's buried like I am uh, <laughs> and don't think I didn't do that for my friend. And she stared at me like I was an idiot. Cause also she's young and doesn't know who fucking Lou Rawls is. So I had to explain who he was, but there he was. And then I Googled him and it was the right death date and the right birthday. I'm like, there you go. There's Lou Rawls. All right. I found my first celebrity. So then 
it became a game to me. Now I wanted to find different names, different people, not only with the map, but I wanted to see if I could just spot people that weren't on the fucking map that were famous. So we started walking. And then I will tell you this, there's these plaques on the wall, all these like little placards. And uh, those are interesting. You walk up and you look. And again, it's all these names and you know, beloved this and somebody's father. And hey, we love our mom and, and a family and a bunch of, you know, Viet no trends, a lot of those people. And uh, I don't mean those people. I mean, like, you know, a lot of Vietnamese people, a lot of whatever the fuck. What a fucking weird thing to say. Um, a, lo- a lot of abbreviated names is my point. Or a lot of different names. A lot of uh, shut up. You're burying yourself. Dig out. Now I'm in my own fucking grave. Come visit me. Uh, so then we walk and then we look across the way. And uh, she had mentioned there was another one that she wanted to find, too, was Liberace. So we walk and we're just looking. I'm looking at plots. I'm looking at graves. I'm looking at placards. We're moving. We see things. And she goes, oh, she looks across and we stumbled into Liberace. She sees it because Liberace is not. I will tell you this. Liberace is not a plate on the wall, a nameplate. Liberace is a fucking marble statue. And it says, you know, and it has his mother there as well with her birth and death. It has his older brother, George. It has his date and it has Liberace has his own signature. Uh, and there's a piano on the, on the fucking thing. It's, it's wild. And at that moment, that's when I went, Oh, that's what this is about. Cause again, to me, the, the graves, the grass, the stones, and then these weird, like just metal names on the wall. I mean, that didn't mean anything, but when you see the actual fucking, uh, statue with the signature, you go, Oh, that's what this is. This is, this is garish death tourism. That's what this is. This is just another Hollywood production. And so then you kind of, ease into it. Like I said, it became a kind of an escape room slash mystery for me. And I'm, I'm hunting, I'm scavengering, hunting people. And we go, we went to this one corner and, and uh, we saw a dude, all of a sudden I look and I saw, we come upon this thing and it was another signature and I can't read anything. I don't have my glasses on. So I asked my friend, I go, what does that say? She goes, Ronnie James Dio. I go, fuck what? I go, and so we walk over and Ronnie James Dio has a big ass thing like Liberace, a big fucking marble thing. And it's also his signature, which I know because I have his fucking signature on a Bob Evans placemat. And uh, and it's and literally he has the coolest fucking thing. It's like I said, with Liberace, it's like my older brother, George, my mom, whatever the fuck. And everybody's got in loving memory or all that bullshit. You know what Ronnie James Dio's fucking grave says? First of all, there's there's the marble thing and f- it's flanked on either side by a goddamn marble flower pot decanter. And on each side, each one of those has the fucking devil horn hand that, you know, that you hold up at the metal shows because he claims he invented it. It's on either side of his fucking memorial carved into marble. Fucking beautiful. The fucking metal horns, the hands with the thumb extended. You know what I'm talking about? Like Spider-Man shooting his web. The fucking devil horns. They're they're right there. on. E- I took photos. I'll show you. They're on either side of the grave on, on each on one decanter, which is fucking gorgeous. But then... The actual memorial, it has his signature, Ronnie James Dio. And like I said, everybody else is like eternally remembered, loving father, all that bullshit. You know what Ronnie James Dio says? The man on the silver mountain. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Now that you know this, now that I know this, we can never die. Because anything we put in our gravestone will never be as cool as the man on the silver mountain. That's the fucking greatest thing I've ever seen. We are now exempted from dying. We can live forever because we can never be in co- as cool in death as Ronnie James Dio was in. We're not as cool in life as Ronnie James Dio is in death. His fucking cool ass signature. And it just says the man on the silver mountain. What the fuck? 
You run forest lawn, motherfucker. <laughs> Devil horns high. I loved it. It may, it was I just I was like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. The man on the silver mountain. That's just that's pro wrestling heavy metal fucking bullshit. Even in the afterlife, man. Fuck yeah. By the way, how mad is Blackmore? Richie Blackmore's so mad. He's not dead. He's like, ah, I should have died before Dio, so I could have had that. Uh, the man on the Silver Mountain. I loved it. I loved it. So we find Ronnie James Dio, and uh, we find Betty Davis, you know, and we just keep finding. And then uh, she wanted to see Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher, who are together on a marble monument because they died one day apart. And that's, I have to admit, I was sad. You know, you're just like, because again, even though it is, like I said, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt and stuff, but still, you're in a you're in a solemn place. You're in a place of of mourning, a place of death. But we saw Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher, and then you start to think about them. And like I said, with seeing the dates, that's a really that's a hammer. When you see Debbie Reynolds' death date is one day later than Carrie Fisher's, you just kind of go, oh, ooh, that hits you really fucking hard, because you think about that twenty four hours of pain that she experienced before she went. It's, it's, it's rough. So we looked around and. Uh, we're trying to sort out numbers. And, and then there was this, this, there was a corner that had Lucy it, had, it said it had Lucille ball. And then it also had Walter Lance who made Woody Woodpecker. So I found Walter Lance, but we couldn't find Lucy and I'm looking and there's no fucking memorial. There's no plat plate on the wall. And you know, we're there, we're there a good couple of hours and it's, you know, it's warm outside. It was sunny. And, and I got into the groove of it. You know, I was starting to feel it where it was fun. Like I said, I made it a scavenger hunt. I'm looking for plot numbers. I'm like, all right, honey, where, where on the map, where's this? And what's, what's the number and let's go here. And I'm looking and I'm, I'm sorting it out, trying to find people. And then she's got the map and there's like, you know, Forrest Tucker is there, all these fucking people. So we're looking and she's like, oh my God, she goes, McLean Stevenson is over here. And I'm like, I don't, that seems ludicrous. Who, so what? But she wanted to see him because again, she, she knew MASH and she's like, no, I, hey, let's find it. Let's see it. I said, okay. So we go in and uh, the way it worked, there were all these, these, it was this wide open kind of square. And then the, these, these be side rooms where you would duck in. So we duck into the side room and he's supposed to be in there. And then we're looking for McLean Stevenson. We're looking, we're looking, we can't find him, but we're finding a lot of beloved fathers and, and exhausted mothers and whatever the fuck we're finding all these plates. And, uh, and finally she's like, I think it's G such. And I look and I look at the, find the number and I'm, I'm and I don't tell her I got it. Cause I don't want her to find it before me. So I'm looking and I look and it turns out he's way at the top. That was the weirdest thing. Cause a lot of other people had like a big decanter or they had a larger plate, but we go up to the top and it just said Stevenson McLean. And I think it said beloved father and it had the date. And I, I go, got it. Because <laughs> again, it's all, it's a game to me. It's like when I was a kid and I went to my cousin's wedding and I said, I'm catching the garter. I don't give a fuck if I have to kill everybody because to me, it's football. Everybody else is like, we, it's a fun wedding thing. Bullshit. I dove for it. I tipped it in the air, dove and caught it on the way down. It was a fucking great grab. And all the other guys were like mad at me. They looked at me like I was a dork and I'm like, fuck you. I'm 13. What the fuck else am I going to do here? I'm going to catch the fucking garter and spike it. You fucks. So I wanted to find this plate. So I did. I find the, I go there. Got it. She looks up and he's way at the top. She's like, that seems weird. Like, that's not even, and, uh, this will sound strange, not even worth it for him. Like he's, I'm sure he's interred somewhere and he's got a better gravestone, whatever. But this, this, in this tribute, he was way at the top and he's surrounded by a bunch of guys named Carl. And it's like, ah, hey, what the fuck? All right. Good for him. A lot of, a lot of discreet Eleanor's and Mildred's. Um, so we see that and then, uh, we're just looking at names, you know, and we walk out and I'm, I'm feeling good about it. It's totally fun. We're finding things. And I turn the corner and, uh, I look and, and I, you know, you're seeing, you know, these names, this, and then I, I see a placard and I fucking freeze. It's just outside the McLean Stevenson room. And I, I actually gasped because she was like, what's wrong? Cause I was like, <gasps> And uh, 
I, I, because I, I, it's Brody Stevens. Um, but it's Stephen, you know, his real name. It's Stephen James Brody, and it has the dates, and and uh, and I'm I'm I couldn't I didn't couldn't talk. And again, I'm not trying to pretend like Brody and I were best friends, but we were friends. I tell you, know, I I did a show about it. I told you I saw him more outside of comedy than inside of comedy, but I knew him. He was my friend. And on a Saturday afternoon graveyard tourism scavenger hunt mystery escape room thing, you're not expecting to see your friend's name. Because as I said, it's a celebrity house. I'm looking for celebrities and I'm scanning every other name and not really paying much attention. I'm looking, I'm, I'm making it a game. I'm making it fun. And, uh, and I guess Brody was a celebrity to a certain extent, but I, I, I wasn't expecting it. And it, it, it knocked the wind out of me. It was very much, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, I thought I saw a ghost or whatever. It just, it set me back. I can't, I, I wish there was a better way to put it, but I, <gasps> and she said, what? And I said, uh, <laughs> I said, that's my friend. And then she knows who he is. And she saw, and she went, oh, she was, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, yeah, no, I go, it's no, it's not a, it's not a, I'm sorry. And, and then, cause then I'm awkward cause I'm making her feel awkward and I don't mean to, but but it def- it definitely spun me out because I again was you're you're walking around and I I made it fun and in the end you know this this is not a place of fun this is not a place of mirth this isn't a game even though I made it one uh and in that moment I just I it real life collapsed upon me in a way that I didn't expect. And I, I, I froze. I looked at it and I reached out and I touched the, you know, the, the plaque, you know, and, and I just too young, too young. She's like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she took my, my hand and, and we walked and too young. It's just a theme too young for him, too young for Maki, too young for Stephen Bray who listened to this show. Um, too young for, for Samantha. And it's, and that's another reason why I want to, uh, I, I, you know, cause I always say I'm too old to do things. I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do that, but I'm also too young to give up. I'm, I'm too young to, to stop. It's not over. There's finality in these other losses. And they were far too young to be lost. And uh, I don't want that to be my story. And I'm I'm still spinning my wheels and I'm still stuck in wet cement and I'm in quicksand and, I, and I, I'm doing my best to grab every twig I possibly can to pull me the fuck out of it. My brain continues to make pools of quicksand and I step in them all the time. And I, you know what? I nestle into them. It's a comfort to me to slip into quicksand and slowly sink in silence. I enjoy it because you're not trying. You don't have to. You can just you can just let the warmth envelop you and not worry about it. But that's not fair. It's not fair to Brody. It's not fair to Maki. It's not fair to Samantha. It's not fair. You owe it to life to take advantage of it. And I look, I'm not saying that's going to happen immediately. 
But I want it to so fucking badly. I want it to. I want to take advantage of every fucking second I have left because you never know when you're going to fucking turn a corner and see the real world come crashing down upon you. Oh, and we found Andy Gibb. <laughs> and I found it game style, baby. And you know where he was? He wasn't far from Lou Rawls. We saw Rawls and we walked and we went through the maze and we dug around and then there was Andy Gibb. And, uh, and I, you know, and then it's the weirdest thing where our, you know, my friend, she's posing with pictures and you don't know how to pose because she, that was what she wanted to see. And she wanted to pay tribute to it, but also she wanted to have the photo and, and then she's trying to look sad in the photos. I'm like, you don't have to look sad in the photos, but you also can't be beaming and smiling in this fucking house of death. Even though you try to, you want to, you're just, you don't know how to act. It just seems weird. The whole thing was a, was a strange experience. Punctuated by the fact that when we walked out finally after seeing everything we needed to see, there's a, we heard bagpipes in the distance, and I just thought it was some fucking family of Scots, whatever the fuck. Oh no, a McGregor is gone. You know, I didn't know what the fuck it was. But then we walk outside, and there's Bagpipe Joe right down there by his fucking uh, uh, Toyota Yaris, and he's in the fucking kilt and the fur, the fur hat and the whole deal, and he's playing him. He's got the whole octopus under his arm, and he's fucking practicing, and. Uh, all of a sudden, all these firemen show up. And when we had walked in, there was a couple of cranes hanging a gigantic American flag. And then all of a sudden, I realized those were fucking, they weren't cranes. They were fire engines with the extended ladders. And all these firemen are showing up. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're, they're laying a fireman down. I'm in here doing tourism. I'm looking at Lou Rawls. I'm singing songs. And these, these families are coming to, 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 to put a loved one away permanently to to say goodbye and pay the res- I like I and thankfully we were done I'm walking to the car and as we walk to the car the procession arrives it's like three fire engines and a thousand cars and everybody in the fucking dress blues and I'm, I looked at my friend I'm like we got to get out of here Let, and so we get in the fucking car and we leave and uh it, it was a surreal strange weird experience man and and I don't recommend it and then there's a reason I don't have uh, an attachment to death. There's a reason because every time I try to involve myself, something bananas happens, something fucking weird happens. And I, I, I get waylaid and maybe I'm not, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not mature enough. Maybe I'm not still even at this age to understand, to make it happen, to make it work for me. Maybe there's just things inside me that I, I'll never be able to rectify and never be able to deal with. And every time I go ahead and run into something like this, it's going to fucking knock my dick in the dirt. I have no idea. I
Charlie Doe Podcast. Podcast.